Hey, Charlemagne the God here. Uh, before we start this week's episode of The Brilliant Idiots, I want to tell all my fellow brilliant idiots, everybody who supports this podcast, who listens to this podcast on the regular, I want to say thank you for listening on the regular. And I also want to ask you to take the time out of your day to go to BET.com, go to the Social Awards tab, and vote for Brilliant Idiots for Best Podcast. It's a tough category, okay? A lot of podcasts that I listen to on the regular are in there. Uh, Joe Budden Podcast, Rap Radar Podcast, uh, Kid Fury and Crystals to Read, my guys, Jesus Romero, N-O-R-E, uh, and DJ F and the Drink Champs, my sister Angela Rye. Tough, tough category, man. My, my peoples are all throughout this category. But if The Brilliant Idiots is indeed your favorite podcast, go to BET.com right now. Go to the Social Awards tab and vote for Brilliant Idiots. If not, go vote for one of the other podcasts uh, because there's a few of them. If they win, I win anyway, okay? God is great. Now let's start the show. The show. It's so stupid. It's positively brilliant. Yep, Charlemagne the God. Andrew Schultz. We are the Brilliant Idiots, and today's show is sponsored by Squarespace. Hey. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your ideas into a unique website, showcase your work, blog, or publish content, even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Head to squarespace.com to start your free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code IDIOT to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's also, go to Brilliant Idiots Merch. Dot com. Yes. Uh, go pick up some brilliant idiots merchandise. We got some new. We got some, the new, some new items. New hoodies. We got the men don't cheat hoodie. Okay. Which is true. Obviously, men don't cheat. We know that. We've always known that. And then we got the uh, Keep That Same Energy hoodie. Both of those are available at brilliantidiotsmerch.com. Brand new. Um, Charlamagne and I have been talking with High You Clothing, and we're gonna we're gonna put out uh, a few more things. I think those are guys. Salute to High You Clothing. They show us a lot of love and a lot of respect. So, Absolutely. You know, man. I love when we do our live shows, and when I'm just out in the street and I see somebody roll up on me with a brilliant idiot's T-shirt. That means that you have invested the best into the brand, and I appreciate that. All right. Yeah. Now, um, first first brilliant idiots of 2018 with us together. Yo, man, it's good to see you. I missed you, bro. Yeah, because when you're not here, they just say the me? show sucks. Okay. When I'm not here, they say the show. Sucks. Sucks. They they need us. They need <laughs> it's, us. It's, but it's weird to me when this is the stupidest shit I see. Y'all. Talk to me when they say the show's not the same when y'all both not dead. Duh. <laughs> like, duh. Yo, yo, y'all are observant. Yo, that's really? one thing we wow. gotta give it up to brilliant yeah. Y'all are very observant. So that's a hot take for your ass, <laughs> goddamn it. But if you know anything about the brilliant idiots, if we had to do brilliant idiots trivia, and I said. Who was the first guest on the first episode Ooh. of Brilliant Idiots ever? Ooh. Could you guess that? Ooh. The huh? Oracle. The I'm Oracle. Give you all a second. I want to give you all a second just to so go go to your SoundClouds right now. Not SoundCloud. Yeah, it's on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud, SoundCloud right now. iTunes. And I'll know within the first five minutes Do if you, know you got it right. Do you know the name of the episode? I know the name of the episode. Drop it. The Star Shame Enterprise. Great fucking name. Yes. But... Uh, Jazz Fly is here, ladies hey. and gentlemen. Hey. Uh, I don't know if you I want... didn't adjust my mic prior to. I'm, I'm unprepared for this. No, you're golden. Now, do, hey. we, do we call you by your full name because you're... Jazz Waters. Jazz Waters. You don't want Jazz Fly. I mean, I'm indifferent. It's yeah. 
Yeah, it's jazz water, jazz fly. Jazz. I know it's we're we're jazz. not objectifying women in 2018, uh-huh. but I think that you look absolutely ravishing. That's not objectifying. I think it is. is. Well, you said ravishing. That's I said ravishing. Yeah. Ravishing is like you look like a meal. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> By the way, can you call women wait. snacks in 2018? Hell yeah! That's a snack. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the food groups. That's the whole pyramid right there. That the is food court in the mall. <laughs> I'm not partaking in this. That, but I just need to get it out so we can have normal. You know what I mean? I just so need to, we've cleared the air. Exactly. It's like what are those people have Tourette's? Yeah. Once they get it out, they have normal conversation. That's it. So okay. I just Imagine had my if little. Louis C.K. could have just did that instead of jerking <laughs> no, off. That's it. To clear the air, just he could just say, "Hey, and you then look boom. good." Yeah. Louis had to jerk off everywhere yeah. to clear. But the what air. if he could just do a one pump and then we out? But Jazz Waters, uh, the reason I said her full name is because, you know, over the past year, Jazz, you've got a lot of writing credits. Boom. Thank you. A lot. Let me see. Let me think about it. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, This Is Us. Yeah. On NBC. Great. Uh, great show. You're the you're the reason for America's tears. No, is that no? Definitely not. Yo, people be. Let me tell you something. I got so friends. Just, this is what we're doing. All right. I got so friends in mind. No, no joke. Like I have friends of mine that have like these are pretty like tough guys. I would say. Mm-hmm. They they like talk to me about this show. They go, listen. Let me tell you something, Jones. Don't watch this show with your girl. <laughs> no, watch this show because she will see a side of you that she's not prepared to see. Why is it such a tear Yo! Dan Fogelman. Mm. It hits uh, on everything. Something's wrong with everybody on the show. The worst case, I mean, it is like, maybe it taps into some kind of empathy, that some humanity that we all got inside that we block. Yeah, I don't know what exactly it is. that's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. What do you think, Jazz? Uh, You're in the writer's room. Uh, I was. You was? Yeah. yeah. Um, it is just honest storytelling. It's who we are. Mm-hmm. We're we're all fucked up. We're all really complicated. Nobody's family is perfect. And Ooh. it's telling a really honest story about what's wrong with us, but it's what's wrong with us. It actually unites us. So it taps in. And it, it like touches on little shit that everybody either they deal with or like they have a relative or friend or something deal. So it becomes like this this interesting almost like personal it feels like a thirty for thirty. Ever watch the That's a dope comparison. Yeah, because every That's... 30 for 30, I don't care what it's about, I'm crying. It could be about yeah. Ric Flair banging 20,000 women, and by the end of it, I'm like, damn, this guy's yeah. 30 for 30 is about people. The lens is just sports. But it's, and that's, yeah. yeah. And that's the beauty of, like, if you if you capture a lens, if you get the right lens, you could tell a story about anything. Exactly. Like, you got yeah. men getting emotional watching these stories. Dan Fogelman. Dude. But that's always been the best art, right? The best art comes from a real place, mm-hmm. right? Or it's based off real, yep. event, real yeah. events. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were crying in the writer's room. I, you know, it's you spill your guts, you tell your stories, and then they find their way on screen. That's why they'll never get a Tupac movie right. Why? Because Tupac's real life was better than anything that you could actually put on paper and have somebody script what, out what and act. What you mean? What you mean? Like, I, I, I've seen the Tupac, what was that documentary called where he, they used his voice Tupac to narrate Resurrection, himself? Which yeah. I thought was actually really when good. When you That's said amazing. that, Jazz yeah. just cracked her knuckles. She was like, say what? <laughs> I, who, I, can, who can't crack a Tupac no knuckles? interest in a, a Tupac but movie. That, but that doc was so good, it I don't need so anything great. else. Exactly. And I don't the think, other thing is, you don't need anybody to play Tupac. No. Let him play himself. That's where you fuck up every time. I that didn't think the FX listen, I didn't think the FX OJ thing was as good as the doc, oh, the 30 I, for 30. This is where I get off the train. I like listen, I liked it, but it wasn't good Two for Two different stories. You think? Yes. What the, was the difference? Because the doc was about OJ. Mm-hmm. 
the FX people versus OJ oh, was about the trial. The trial. Okay, got you. Got yeah, you. Yeah. So right. it's two got very you. different stories. Whoa, whoa. Maybe there's something to that. So if you're doing the story, if you're uh-huh. doing a scripted, you you can't tell it about the man. You gotta hone in. You have to. If you're doing something scripted, you have to contain it. You gotta. There has to be a beginning, middle, and end. It can't just be this is everything. It's gotta no. be one story within the no. life of said person. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and that's why the Tupac yeah, shit yeah. fucks up because like because they, they try, try to do and too tell much. the entire story. They try to do yeah. Whereas the doc. it's like, listen, yeah. no, just give me one night. You can make two me... hours out of one night. The night he died. There's that's a movie. it. What is the beginning, middle, end of yeah. this night? Oh, or the rape no. night because it could have been about betrayal because yeah. all his people. Absolutely. Yo, so here's my question: Why don't and, and we've had this discussion about like Marvel films and stuff like this? Why is it that the people that are in power don't understand this these things? Why do these same mistakes well, not creative. be made? Yeah, They're this is it's it's show business. It's not so. You know. So these are just guys who uh, are proficient with making money, but not with you know maybe writing or They're understanding not story or that kind of shit. So the guy who uh, who founded Marvel Studios, which I'm really blanking on his name, but blame it on fatigue and Stanley? Not respect. No, that's no, not, the, studio. not um, the studio of it. When they decided they were going to start, I can't believe I can't remember. It's his all name good. Name. Um, but he told us basically what he did. He said, I'm going to lay out all of the superheroes that I personally love and I'm going to take all of their films and I'm going to put them in genres. So Thor was a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. Deadpool. Ari. We, we uh, spoke about this on Westeros. Logan is a Western. It, Logan is Man on Fire with Wolverine. Hot. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. what they they took and they they took the characters out of their world and put them in genres and now we have these films. Okay. So yes, it yes, all yes, comes yes. down to storytelling. It's can you tell a story? Can you make it engaging? Can you touch people? Can you hone in? That what's it called? What's that movie? Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool is like is a dark comedy. Yeah. It's like super bad. It could yeah. It could have been a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mall cop. Not mall cop. What was the one about the uh, chasing Amy? All those. Yeah. yeah, yeah all yeah. those. Yeah. But isn't it, there's this thing where it's only like four genres of films? Like there's only four they do. Like they do westerns, they do um, comedies. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, it's the whole idea that that there's really you could tell a story in I think it's six different ways. Six different yeah. ways. I think. Yo, I almost. I don't know. Part of me almost doesn't want to share this with people. I, I think we should, but like, you ever? Are you, you ever, gay? Are you coming out? <laughs> I like cocks <laughs> all I'm over like, me. That's, that's a dark <laughs> Depends the color of the cock. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, wait, I always want someone to come out. So, I'm so, excited. No, but like, um, you ever see that like uh, YouTube video? It's like these kind of musical comedians that show how every pop song has the same three yeah. chords. Mm-hmm. So. There's something to be said about that with story writing, right? Like, yeah. They, and, mm-hmm. and most of us just go, myself included, go into a movie and we watch Star Wars. We're like, oh, this is such a fun movie to watch mm-hmm. without realizing that there is like a structure to the hero's journey or whatever these types of things. And I worry that if I know it too well, it will affect the way I indulge in movies. And oh, that's jazz. To my world. Oh, that's jazz. I know. Oh, that's jazz all day. Oh, no, and, 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 that's yeah. why, and that's why I'm interested in having you here. And, and um, 600 BC, a ancient Chinese warrior at the end of a battle stumbles onto the Great Wall of China and he climbs his way up and he sits there and he contemplates life and what his journey was for and what he just fought for and all the soldiers that he killed. And then at his very last moment, he said, I got it wrong. 
and he fell off onto the onto the ground and he cracked open. That's Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty, yo, I was thinking the same thing. That's crazy. Like, you can tell anything in any way as long as you know what the story is. But but does it okay, here's my question to you. Knowing the matrix, mm-hmm. right? Does it affect you when you're watching the movie? Do you go, Oh, I know it's happening now. I see this coming. That's yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's stuff that I've loved that I've called and jazz. She ruins it. And I'm like, I ruin everything. What the fuck? I, no, I do. I, I ruin everything. On, on low key, like with comedy, I kind of feel that way. Like yeah. I see the 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 I, I know the nuance of like structure and bits, and people who think, "Oh my god, this bit is absolutely fantastic." Or whatever. It's like, yeah, but I saw it coming. I knew where they were. Did going. you see Chappelle's joke coming? Did you watch Chappelle's special yet? Oh yeah. wait, wait, I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. haven't I'm seen it. Yes. Yeah. You saw it coming. Come on, tell the truth. I can't. I can't. I haven't seen it. That shit was funny as. Fuck, it was hilarious. Hilarious. Still, but like, I knew, I knew what was going. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I stand up is the last like place that surprises me. For oh, got you, like got stand you, got up surprises me. Why? I mean, nobody's nobody's pushing the envelope anymore. Nobody's trying to do anything um, new. No, no, no. I think she I means like she's still she doesn't see. I it will go watch stand up and I yeah. can just fall into it. Yeah, versus like if I'm watching something on screen or if I'm reading something, I know where it's going. You and I are opposites because drama is what I'm drawn to because comedy, it's too close. I write you both. see it all. You so, see it all the time. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I, it's the same with story is is story. Yeah, you make it funny, it's a comedy. You, you make, make it, it touching, it's a drama. Yeah. You make it scary, it's it's horror it's genre. So what's the last good thing you've seen that that you was like? I wow. Was it I that love good? I Tanya. The Tanya Harding, the figure yeah. skater chick. Oh. Who I love I Tanya. It is... But we know how that ends. <laughs> we know how that ends. It's, not, it's, about, it's not about how it ends. It's how it all occurred. Got you. Yeah. That's what makes it very intriguing. So she, they and took the, a day or something. They didn't do the whole drawn out thing? No, they took... This is how Nancy Kerrigan ended up fucked up. Okay. Yeah. With that said, is there anything fictional that somebody can create to intrigue people anymore. Real life is better than fiction. That's what I'm saying. Real life is far more intriguing. Yo, you know who? Duck Dynasty changed the game, yo. Why you say that? So, I had a conversation with the people at A&E about Duck Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, listen, I understand why people are drawn to the show. And she kind of like smirks and she's like, she's like well, why do you say that? And I go, I go, it's just a sitcom all of a sudden, my expectations are really low because it's a reality show, yeah, even yeah. though it's not. But I have really low expectations. But the funny is just as funny as any script on, uh, sitcom because I'm sure you guys script this stuff. They have table reads with this. They, exactly right. But the <laughs> audience is suspending disbelief. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. We're like, mm-hmm. oh no, this this mm-hmm. is, this is real. So you have low expectations, high reward, right? And then we that she's like she's like absolutely. She goes, I go now. How do you do that with drama? And she goes, she goes, that's what we're trying to do, and it's very difficult because what happens in a drama? People die, people get shot, mm-hmm. people get abortions, mm-hmm. right? She's like, how do you do that on TV? Easy. A few years later, live love PD. and hip-hop. Oh, no, no. I was thinking live PD. Because live PD is drama. You yeah. just do it live. Like, it's yeah. live in real That's time. That's the uh, police show. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I think on some and level. First 48, first 48 and all yeah. of those things. And it's like, yeah. how do, it's, it's, and it's difficult for somebody in your position who's writing both drama and comedy how do you compete with how fucked up reality is when their expectations are this low and yours are this high? So I was working in um, development in 2003 through 2006. So I was 
in Hollywood on the other side when reality TV boomed and it was putting scripted sort of out of the game. And it's exactly what you said is that you got to hone in on, on a version of real life that was far more intriguing than something that someone made up, even mm-hmm. though this is also made up. I think what's happening now is because real life is stressful as fuck. Yo, like we want a break. Yes. We want a break from our crazy lives, our neighbors, crazy lives from Trump, from the weather from global warming like we're exhausted and now is the time to go back to the land of make believe fantasy yeah fantasy marvel is, fantasy DC, represents like, hope yes it's, it's the idea of what could be mm, I, I i totally see it we that's want to get lost we want to yeah. get lost in this world that's not yep. that related one of the beautiful things about bright i don't know how you felt about bright the, the i film. felt that either way will won because I you love, watched I it just it. to see how bad it was or you watched it just because you it. like Will, but either way you watched it. Floyd Mayweather. And Netflix has never released the numbers for anything, but they did for Bright. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, it's like someone count, your, count your pockets and you finally go, fuck it, here's the best yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is, motherfucker. But I like, when, I like when reality and fantasy are combined. Like, you know, especially like you say, the world we live in now. Well, let me show you what the world would look like if... We actually did have a woman president. Mm-hmm. I like um like Will Packer and Aaron Magruder got that mm-hmm. Black America mm-hmm. show coming out that yep. shows what would happen if Black people had reparations. Like yeah. I think that's the next wave to me. Yeah, it's a it's, cool fantasy. Uh, we we get to suspend disbelief for a moment and live in this world that where like things can be dramatic, but they don't have the same weight because yeah. I know it's not happening to me. It's that edgy political satire. Mm-hmm. It's a way to. It's subversive. It's it's where it used to be. Um, Richard Pryor had a television show that lasted one season, and he opened his monologue with, I think it was, if it wasn't a monologue, it was right after um, a sketch in a boat where literally it was talking about how with the boat is sinking, black people are always going to be last. And it was, it was so subversive and it was comedy and it was edgy and it was on NBC. Yeah. Mm. So I think we're returning to that place of let me make you uncomfortable because you're already uncomfortable. But at least this way I can make you laugh so that I can make you think. I don't know how we got away from it because you think about stuff that Norman Political Lear was doing with Political. the Jeffersons and Political all in the family. Yo, think about the equity that Richard Pryor had to get away with that in what what was this the 80s or this something this was 84 85 it was a fight though cuz if you ever read Yo, Paul Mooney's book they used to have to fight for all they that created shit. the time delay for Richard Pryor yeah because because of yeah. Richard Pryor because Lauren Michaels wanted him on SNL like he yeah we but owe Richard about that so much equity man no but like think about how much power you wield yeah that in the 80s motherfuckers were like fine mm-hmm. just put it out <laughs> fine we trust him people love he him had to everybody fight loves though. him fine. Remember, you, ever, you ever read the story I think it was we a Paul Money book where he, he wanted to do the nude promo yeah but he wanted his dick cut off <laughs> <laughs> great let's go but they let him do it yeah but he had to yeah. fight for that shit go um, those uh, you've seen the show right the Rich Pryor show yeah. yeah that all of that is what I think like when I saw that press release, that's what I was thinking of, of the Aaron and Will thing. Like, Aaron Magruder is that guy who can do it, and Will oh, has absolutely. that platform. And it's like, I want to go back to that. Let's make people uncomfortable. Bro, The Boondocks is the greatest show that nobody puts in their top three for whatever yeah. reason. The first three seasons of The Boondocks are some of the best television. I don't give a fuck if it's animated or not. And he pushed the envelope. Like, last night, I was looking for Netflix, uh, Boondocks on Netflix, mm-hmm. but it's not on there anymore. So I could let my daughter watch the Martin Luther King episode. Mm. 
Honestly, like what would what how would King react if he was alive right now? Because yeah. it was just it's just that good. So question. Is it able to push the envelope that much because not that many eyes are on it? I think it was because it was a cartoon. Well, I think cartoon definitely has to play with it. But mm -hmm. if it's the marquee cartoon that everybody's talking about and then they start pushing shit, now you get Twitter complaining. Now you get Instagram complaining. Now you get the blogs well, talking about it. But if nobody's talking about it, there is a freedom. Boondocks is a little before Twitter. And it, it, yeah. It, and it started with mad hype. Yeah. Because it okay. was, came from a comic book that yeah, was actually Yeah, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, would, I, would, I would look at the strip. It was the strip, right? It was yeah, a comic strip. Yeah. 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 The cartoon of it helped it, and I think it also contained it, because just from a production standpoint, when you're dealing with, first of all, anything with kids, real-life kids, you got to season before they look different. And then you have to tell different stories. That's yeah. true. Versus if a, it's a cartoon, your actors are stationary and you can continue to tell the same stories. The flip side to that is, is that they're not growing. So even if the point of view changes, the show will start to feel a little bit of stasis because the actors themselves don't change. They mm. look the exact same. You, the One of the greatest things to do is to pick a series you love and go back and watch the pilot and watch it all the way through and you see how the show changes with the world and the time and how the actors dress different and fashion changes and, and music changes. Well, a cartoon, The Simpsons has been the same since the beginning. And so when you sign up, every if you're still watching The Simpsons, you are eating the same meal on purpose. You know what you're going to get. The only difference are the jokes. So I think that it helped it, but it also sort of contained it. Yeah, because I want Bart to get some pussy. I mean, Bart, I like, yeah. But Bart's in fourth grade. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, yeah. let Bart grow up to get some pussy. Like, I like when they show Bart as an adult and he got a family now. Like, I feel like yeah. he deserves that. Yeah, but that, you know what it is? <laughs> you can't tell me they wouldn't have loved Bart by high school. Bad boy, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Skateboard. Yeah, no. been no. Graffiti. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> He'd had a rap career by high school. You can't, you can't tell me they wouldn't have loved Bart by high school, man. No, it's true. Bart would have had the hoes. I didn't mean to say hoes. I'm trying but to But maybe there it. is a funny flash forward episode with The Simpsons. They did one. Oh, they did they one. Do, yeah, okay. they I mean, they've done everything, The Simpsons. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it is interesting to look at cartoons. We always talk about brilliant idiots doing a cartoon with it because... Do it. We're it, going to do it. We are, we're going, do we're it. going to do it uh, eventually. I don't know when we're going to do it. Um, but but it's, it's one of those things where I think Charlamagne pointed this out really well. It's like we have quite edgy content, mm -hmm. right? And it's one of those things when you see it acted out as people, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, is that really happening? Yeah. But there's something about having four fingers... And being a cartoon <laughs> that makes it not as sexist, not as homophobic, not as racist, not yeah. as anything, right? There's something that makes it a cartoon, literally cartoonish. If Peter Griffin says something offensive, you want to take that up with Peter Griffin? Yes, I'm Yo, protesting like, Peter Griffin. Like, 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 who are you protesting? You don't know what his voice looks like. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. And you wrote, this is us, you wrote on The Breaks. Yeah, which you were on, thank you. I did you. an episode of The Breaks. Um, James Davis show. Yeah, Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Adjacent. I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, Kidding, which I'm on now. Kidding with Yeah, Jim it's Jim Carrey. Carrey's new show. Have you Jim met Carrey Jim Carrey got a new I show? I have. Yeah. yeah, he came into the writer's room. You think Jim's going to kill himself? No. Jim is... I, I, I wouldn't to, be surprised if he killed himself. No, I hate... I, I and hate, I say that, and I say that hoping to God he does not. Why do you think he's going to kill himself? I think that he's... This I'm is getting mad snippets. awkward, by the way, just Listen, to let you know. But, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. like, I, I, I've just been seeing snippets of these things, and um, he seems to be at a place in his life where he's trying to justify his his unhappiness, and he's searching for happiness, and he can't find it. And then he's doing this thing that I've seen a lot of people do, which is, if I can't be happy, what I'll do is I'll take away the meaning of life. There is no meaning of life. If life, if I can't be happy, 
well, then life is unimportant. We're just a collection of molecules and nothing happens and then we die, et cetera. And once you stop adding even a fake meaning to life, life becomes less valuable. And and it's just a tragic kind of this situation. That's why I love perspective. So, I think Jim is the smartest motherfucker moving. And I think he, I hate the word woke. I can't stand it because some of you woke motherfuckers is too need tired. To go to I need some sleep, exactly. But I feel like he's aware of what's really going on in the world. And I think it's driving him crazy. Not not driving him crazy like psychologically, but just the fact that y'all don't see what I see. I think he's I think he's Did very his intuitive. girl commit suicide or some shit like that? Uh and blame him? All the headlines are the headlines. You can Google that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. uh I will say this. Um Jim came into our writer's room and was there for the day and blood on the table for us. And it was really fascinating. Um, what I've learned about life is that uh, it is all about perspective. Perspective mm-hmm. is the only superpower. And from the what looks like an, a tornado from the outside is still in the middle. And I think Jim is going through a period of transformation and one person's breakdown is another person's breakthrough. Mm. And I think we're seeing it happen in real time. And I think he's sharing what he's learning. Yeah. And I and it's great for us because we get to use that because he's bleeding openly for us. So I think um, to what you were saying, though, about taking away the meaning of life, I think that... Uh, you know, to learn something new, you do have to let go of the old. You mm, have to, true. you do have to take that away. Shed the skin. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, just because someone is somewhere else on that journey doesn't make them wrong. That yeah. doesn't mean that they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that they're somewhere else. But isn't that I, the I world hope, we live in though? Yeah. Like soon, like I saw it with Chappelle too. Yep. When they were going through their transformation period, like, Absolutely. oh, he's crazy. Absolutely. The yeah, first thing, when someone doesn't understand somebody. what you're doing, the first thing they do is say you're crazy. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying he's crazy though. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's like completely cognizant of where and aware of what's going on. I just think that he's, he's, and he's been very vocal about battling depression and, mm-hmm. and, and dealing with these types of uh, of issues. And as a comedian, I understand like, you know, where this is coming from, right? Like you have a void and you want to fill it and he's mm-hmm. filled it his whole life. And maybe now he sees his career, you know, going in a different direction and he's not on stage filling that void. And he's, he paints a lot though. He, I, yeah, I, I thought about that. It's, it's funny because I literally having a conversation about Jim Carrey last week yeah. with Arian Foster because he loves Jim Carrey. Mm. And like, I was like, well, I was like, yo, I, I I see these screams of consciousness come from Jim from time to time, but I'm like, does he is he what what he needs an outlet like like what what art is he putting Kidding. out? Showtime. That's what it is. And then he he, he put me on the Jim paintings. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, But yeah. I think I guess I guess my point is is like you have to find something to fill that that void. Mm-hmm. And um and we even saw it with like the Lincoln Park guy. You know what I mean? The, uh, the uh, guy, Chester Bennington. Yeah, Chester. It's like yeah. I think what happens with these guys is their whole life they go when I'm famous. I'm going to finally feel happy and I'm successful. I'm going to feel happy. And then they get famous and successful. You see it happen with Kevin Durant right now. It's like my whole life when I win a championship, everything's going to be fine and I'm mm-hmm. going to feel that bliss I've always wanted. Yeah, but you didn't expect the ball spot. And then if Kev didn't have, I'm telling <laughs> you, Kev didn't so, expect the ball spot. So, He'd have everything he wanted. I know. If that fucking ball spot. I know. He got, his head looks like a crunch bar. So what happened is he goes Yikes. to, he goes to, <laughs> and then he goes to, uh, he, he wins a championship and all of a sudden he says that has those same feelings. That must be fucking frightening. Same thing with Chester. He becomes one of the biggest musicians in the world. And all of a sudden, I'm still feeling these same feelings of sadness and and depression. And I think maybe Jim has realized that. And he's going a different route. He's like, okay, how can I tackle this? 
do I, how do I understand why we have these feelings, <laughs> why I feel like, helpless, why, it, it, why, why our brains work this way? And I hope to God that he figures it out and finds a way to cope. Oh, by with the it. way, we're all assuming here. We don't know if he's unhappy. Sure. We don't know if he sure. feels helpless. That's, a, we don't, shit, that's what we do on this show. We assume. Listen, say again. I'm not assuming. You know of a personal relationship. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah no, I, think, I, I can't speak on it like you can. I think, um, I don't. You know what? Now, hold on, I don't need you keeping it too real now. Yo, this is, we, <laughs> no, no. we need you on we're, this show right having, now. I don't need you keeping <laughs> it. This is us moment right here. You don't, have, you don't have to keep it real. You're about to, you're about to put okay. it all on the line. You're about to put it's, it all on the line. It's not worth it, Jazz. No, 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 no. We, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to, you have to uh, ruffle feathers. You have to upset the norm. You, you have to challenge people. And the way to do that is to figure out who you are and to dig in. And mm. when you're in the public eye, people are watching that process. Mm -hmm. uh, J. Cole, um, Forest Hill Drive. Yep. The song Love Yours. It's all about the idea that here is this dude that his entire life, he's sitting in Fayetteville and he's like, yo, if I just could be the number one guy, I'm going to be happy. Everything will be good. And then he got there. His whole album is I got to the top and realized everything that I needed was there and was home. And, you know, even just me in my life, like, look, I've the level up is real but also so are the lessons and and you yeah. realize that it's like yo i could have a nice bank account but if i'm not fulfilled and if i don't know who i am and if i'm not happy that don't mean shit none of it means anything yo, it is so okay hold on a second this week's episode is brought to you by adult swim's new sci-fi comedy hot streets okay you gotta watch this show it's it's i'm not gonna lie i turned it on it's strange at first, but the characters in this world, they're going to leave you with this kind of never-ending sense of what the hell is going on. It's clever. It's funny. It's a cartoon, mind you. It's clever and it's funny. The writers clearly know what they're doing. It's created by this guy named Brian Weissel um, and the team that's behind Robot Chicken and Rick and Morty. I know that some of you guys have seen uh, Robot Chicken. Definitely Rick and Morty. People always tell me about this Rick and Morty show. That say, they're saying it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I watched the, the, the pilot episode of, of, of this show, Hot Streets, and I'm telling you, I'm one of these guys who I'm not the biggest cartoon dude. I'm I'm reluctantly watching it, and then I found myself enjoying the fucking episode. So if I if I put up those barriers and I like it, if you're into Rick and Morty, you're into these kind of cartoons, you're gonna you're gonna definitely be into this. Um, as far as like the the voice work on it, uh, Justin Roiland, the co-creator of Rick and Morty, is he's the lovable sidekick and badass dog named Chubby Wubby. There's there's like animals in it, but they're clearly done by human beings. It's funny. It's a lot of like tongue in cheek stuff, a lot of satire. But um, I, you know, you you watch the show. I, I'm pretty sure that you you're gonna enjoy it. It, it premiered January 14th. 
but you can watch the new sci-fi comedy every Sunday at midnight on Adult Swim. So check out Adult Swim on, you know, wherever you guys, whatever your cable subscribers are. But go check it. I wonder if they have this uh, clips of this online. Chris, do they have clips of this? Can they watch? I think you can watch the at least the trailer, if not the first episode online. So go check that out. You can check it out Adult Swim. But it's on every Sunday at midnight on Adult Swim. It's funny. Okay, Hot I Street's? give it my Hot Street is a funny cartoon. It's inspiring. It's like, yo, we got to get this brilliant idiot shit off. We're going to do it. We're going to get it done. All right, back to the show. I, I, I was in Jerusalem and I was talking to this rabbi and I was just asking him questions about uh, I was just, about, about life and about- Hey, Jewish? Know. No, I'm not, but I just wanted to oh, experience. Okay. I just wanted yeah. to go to the center of the world, you know, like mm-hmm. experience what we all, we're all coming from, right? Jerusalem, Jerusalem is the center of the world? I thought it was Africa. So did I. But that's a, that's all about- it's Perspective. Uh, what tribe you with. Africa is <laughs> the center of the world? Beginning of life. Well, I didn't say the beginning. I said the center. Okay. I think that Jerusalem is the center, meaning like you have the three Abrahamic religions all coming from here. This okay. is the value system. I thought you were talking about on the map. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jerusalem on the equator, bro? <laughs> no, meaning like our value systems come from here. Like, regardless if you're Muslim, Jewish, Jewish Christian, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, this is this is where like the idea of God comes from. You yeah, know, for so many yeah, people, yeah, yeah. for people in Asia, uh, no, but for the rest of us, yeah. So, um, but we we're talking about we we're talking about God, and he was talking about the. There's something that's written in the 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 Bible. It talks about like if you don't do your practice your commandments and love them, God mm-hmm. says. I will beat you or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And he goes, do you understand what that means? And I was like, yeah, it sounds like God is kind of being a dick. And he goes, no, 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 no. He's saying, don't do this for me. Don't do favors for me. I'm fucking God. Mm-hmm. I don't need your human favors. I'm giving you this so you feel happy. And I was thinking the other day as I'm reading this book about Titans uh, and, and all these billionaire guys have the same fucking daily routine. They believe in this daily routine and they all have very similar things in their daily routine. And I've always resented daily routines because I felt imprisoned by them. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I have to go to the gym. I have to do this. Yeah, habits so, can be the death for you. Right. So, but then I realized, and then after that conversation with that rabbi I flipped everything, I'm not imprisoned by the daily routine. Mm-hmm. The things in this routine serve me. Yeah. Much like this religion that God gives you mm-hmm. serves you. you. There's I, a power in discipline. There's a power. I, I yeah. go to the gym first thing in the morning. I feel good. Yeah. I do my question of the day first thing mm-hmm. in the morning. I automatically yeah, meditation, feel prayer, all that attitude, exercise, grounding. Yes, yeah, God yeah. don't need your tithe and offerings. That's He's God, son. <laughs> yeah, he's God. Yeah. It's like offering Bill Gates yeah. some money because he made Microsoft. Yeah, he's good. So I think there's something to that. This idea of like, like we said, perspective, but doing these things because they serve you. I mean, it's like I text you about mm-hmm. the the globes, and it was like, yo, like realizing, yo, I have to do something else. There's something like it's it's time. It's where you spend your energy, and when you are aligned with who you are, and trust me, it's not continuous. But when you are following your inner compass, and you know who you are, and you know what you're supposed to be doing. There's a deeper meaning and you find joy in even the small things. And then the things that are distracting and not of you can be entertaining in spurts. And then they can just be distractions that you're like, yeah, I'm good. You speak, mm. You're speaking about the, the Golden Globes because you, you wrote were going to attend the glo- uh, Globes. Uh, yeah, we were nominated. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But you was like, I don't need to be here because you should be focusing on something. I was on, I'm on script for yeah. kidding. And yeah. so I needed to focus. And like, this is, you know, to date 
the most important script of my career right now. And so I needed to, and I knew if I was in LA and I was, you know, I'd get caught up in all of that. And I, that's not where I was. And I needed to follow my compass. And so I left, I bounced and I was writing my, uh, my episode and it clicked in that moment that someone asked if I had FOMO. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no and and but that no was for me and I understood the idea that you know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and what looks like discipline and sacrifice to other people was actually giving me great joy because it was just it's my purpose you know I've been like that my whole life like I've always said I don't want to be on the scene I want to be the scene wait you've, yeah. been a, you've been a FOMO your whole life <laughs> no sure <laughs> 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 sexual <laughs> fear of missing out on this dick <laughs> dick talk <laughs> but I've always felt like I don't want to be on the scene I want to be the scene yes yeah like if you see me at some industry shit it's because I really want to be there yep. yeah you know, you're gonna see me at a Black Panther premiere <laughs> yeah. all right yeah. only yeah. because I'm going out the country that weekend so I'm not gonna be able to go see it in the theaters when it comes out so I'm going to one the of week the before or whatever things yeah, yeah and I get it's to not a stun if it's your real life Hey. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, hopefully I get to interview the cast and all that good stuff. Yeah. But that I'm I want to do that. Yeah. I have I have yeah. asked to do that. Yeah. Go where your interests are. Yes. Yeah. It feeds um, you. Yes. Right. It's you're not doing it because it would look good to everybody yeah, else yeah. on no, it. No, or like, that's where everyone else up. is yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Like, nah, yeah, yeah. it's like I'm doing this because it gives me joy. Because so I'm interested. How do people find what gives them joy? I, I think that we're all pretty blessed in that, you know, we've and maybe we still have to actively search for it, yeah. but like we found things that that give us joy. And even as we evolve in life, we we find new things that give us joy. But I bet there's a lot of people out there that don't, not even don't know what gives them joy. Don't know how to find that. I think it's all about. Not, uh, go ahead, Jen. I'll cut you off. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I think uh, even even when you do find that joy in something that you love, I think sometimes you can take it for granted. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it's just always continuously having gratitude for what it is that you love to do. I think sometimes we just, we take it for granted sometimes. We've been doing it so long, it's like, ah, whatever. So there are people that actually are doing the thing they love, they've just forgotten that they love it? Oh, absolutely. They don't appreciate that. I, I, I totally think so. I think, I can't speak for anybody else. I think for me, I it's about figuring out who I am. That's been my process. Um, and for me, it came from a surrender moment. And from there, it has been a 10-year journey or so since. Um, and I think that that's where I started to just sort of whittle away piece by piece. Oh, this is, I'm the person that, like, I'm hard-headed. They told me for years, don't touch the iron. And then when I was four, I walked into the iron and just <laughs> laid my hand on it and got three-degree burns. Like, I'm that person. So yeah. I'm the person that, like, needs to... Be, I need to figure out what I'm not in order to figure out who I am. And, and that's been a journey for me. But at the end of that was joy. So seek self. Mm -hmm. And when you understand self, you understand what you want. The to whole do world and, and moves for you. Too. It's a cheat code. Like it really does. It it the the world changes and it opens up because you present your everything is energy. Yeah, Every yeah, single thing yeah, is energy. Yeah, yeah. And when your energy is aligned with who you are and what you're supposed to be doing and you're tapped in in the alchemists they call it the soul of the world. Um but when you are genuinely on your path, yeah. things move. I before totally you get agree. There. 
I just feel like self constantly changes. Yes. Yeah. And I yes. think that we have to be okay with that. Yes. Yeah. Like I think we as human beings don't realize that who we think we are constantly mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. And if you're just holding on to what you're comfortable being, yeah. you're not doing yourself no favors. Yeah. You're actually doing yourself a, a disservice. Yeah. yeah. And that and and depending on how successful you get. And that's how you end up with people who are doing what they love, but they you get trapped by it. Mm-hmm. I know people who are world-renowned and have made millions of dollars, and they're miserable because they're trapped by what they built. You know, it's it's what was protection can become a cage, and you can't <laughs> you then— see, You see this often with actors who, like, play an iconic role, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden become— that role. Yo, Urkel! Did y'all see Top 5? Urkel fucking... Uh, <laughs> J.J. Walker. Yeah. J. Yo, J.J.? Yeah. No, oh, think about J. J. What about uh, Ari, Ari Piven? Or what yeah, is Jeremy it? Piven. Jeremy Piven. Ari, yeah. Gold. Came Ari Gold. Like, he's, he's Andrew Dice Clay. I'm very cognizant about that. I saw Jaleel White on the plane. Yeah. And literally started to yell out, <laughs> Urko! <laughs> but I had to, but I, I I just knew that would be disrespectful right. just to to yeah, him as a man. Yeah. yeah. Like nigga, that's yeah, that was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, like, right. you know what I mean? He, Urkel, did you see bro. top five? Yeah. Chris Rock's movie. He that's the whole running joke. Hammy the bear. Hammy the bear. Yeah. It, you know, it's like once you become known, that is what the world wants of you, but that doesn't mean that's who you are. But some of these people fall into it because it's easier. it's almost like a girl who does like that, like that stupid voice that come, you know how like, hi, I'd like to, hey, that like vocal fry thing that young girls do, right? I feel like they are going- I think you talk to more young girls than I do. That's a, that's a fact. You're going to learn the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time's up for you old hoes. Andrew, yes. Andrew, Andrew, sorry. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about Aziz. We're going to talk about Aziz. But Whoa. my point is, I think that they're, they're feeding into an idea. They're feeding into an idea of what they think a girl should sound like or whatever like that. Like yeah. a lot of these girls are copying the way the Kardashians kind of talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, this is how girls talk because I should talk that way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to talk that way. You can talk however the fuck you want to. Or however your voice developed from the people around you. Do you say that to them? Um, no, I don't think I've had that conversation with them. I did, but if I know if the voice is that annoying, I'll just be like, I don't know if this is a genuine way of speaking. Uh, say that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think if I think if there was something that I really like loved and cherished about that person outside of their voice, I would bring that up. I've mm-hmm. had this conversation not with voices, but with people in general. Like I just value genuine. Oh yeah, shit. when you don't care enough, it's like I'm not gonna correct her. On exactly. Like I'm, I don't need to fix your life for what? Suck this dick. Keep <laughs> yeah, it let's go. Yeah, 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 Suck yeah. this dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> hashtag men too. You know what I mean? Men need to get our dick sucked. That's men too. That's a new hashtag. I come over not here. Involved in come this over here and drink all. this wine. At like all. I ain't gonna get my dick Listen, sucked. Speaking of somebody you know who won't give it. Up. He's not giving up that triangle offense, baby. Who? Andrew Show. Hey, man. Andrew going to run hey, that triangle. 2018, we hard on these hoes again. Wow. Not him. Not me. 2018. I'm surrendering. Don't PC to God me right now, bro. It's PC to God, bro. I mean, used to be hard on these hoes. Not women. But think about I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about these hoes. Let's talk about Aziz. But everything, but a lot of things change that, though. It's not even just the Time's Up, Me Too movement. It's just like, yo, I got daughters. Yeah. You know what I mean? My perspective has changed a lot. My perspective changed a lot since this motherfucking Aziz Ansari story. Can we just acknowledge one thing about this Aziz and Hold on, let the Jasmine just throw real quick. I, I, I wish more people approached it like you 
whenever people are questioning about what you believe and what's wrong and what's right, et cetera, I'm always wondering, but if your daughter or if your sister or if your mother told you this exact same story, would it make you uncomfortable? Would you... Paul Savino, I think, has the litmus test reaction for what happened. When TMZ caught up with him, and he's Mira Savino's father, and asked him about the whole Weinstein thing and, you know, about her being blacklisted, he said, if I see that motherfucker, I'm going to kill him. Mm, that's That's his daughter. That's his little girl. Mm. So... You know, every time that dudes are like, oh, this is this is bullshit and I don't believe her. If your sister, if your daughter, if your mother came to you and told you that exact same story that happened to them, is there a part of you in your gut that's going to say, y'all want to kill that motherfucker? If it is, then show that same humanity to that same woman. Right. If my story. daughter sucked the dude's dick and then said he wasn't picking up on my cues that I wasn't interested, I'd be like, bitch, you got to figure your cues out. Because you don't have a daughter. Off because there's something about me being a man. N- I don't know. Take I don't know of. about you, but there's something about me being a man. When a girl's giving me head, I know this might be crazy, but in that moment, I kind of feel like she wants to hook up. In the moment, as she's bobbing up and down on my dick, I'm under the impression that she wants to hook up. And if she feels that there's a cue that she's giving. That's otherwise while she gives me head, she must also be empathetic and go, I can see how my actions would make somebody feel that way. I don't deny that this girl did feel uncomfortable in that environment. I do also feel that Aziz did not pick up on that because of her actions. Hold on, before we conflate two different issues. Weinstein <laughs> right? and Aziz are mad different. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what Jazz was talking about was the whole Me Too, Time's Up movement yeah. and just women saying sexual assault, sexual harassment. You're talking about a specific case, yeah. which is the Aziz am, and this young woman situation. There are so situation. many douchebag, creepy motherfuckers out there. That, and we're not even talking about the sociopaths and psychopaths like Weinstein. We're talking about dudes that just massage you for no fucking reason at work. And I'm not cool with it at all. And these dudes yeah. gotta go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's yeah. talk about it. But there is a problem with this Aziz story. And I'll tell you what 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 hurts me the most about it is that the inception of Me Too was there were men in power that were abusing their power and ruining women's lives. And now you have a situation where women have immense power. Women with one accusation can de- to destroy a man's life. Court of public opinion. With a single accusation with it's, no... It's worse than the court of law. No trial, no investigation. No due process. No due process. With an accusation, everything that that man has worked for his entire life is gone. Your reputation. Act- you got to guard your reputation with your life. It's gone. Now, women are, are using that power and now they're abusing it. How quickly... Not we, all How women, quickly though. we become the people um, we hate. And when I say all women, I'm not talking about just this girl in this story with Aziz Ansari. I'm talking about every girl who retweeted the story, every girl who backed up the story, every girl who made this story a big global issue. You are just as much of the problem as her because what you're doing is women for the first time in history have a massive microphone and people are listening to your stories and they're hearing your stories... And they're taking them seriously and, and having empathy for them. And what you're doing with a story like this is you're turning down your volume. You're going, well, you can't, you, but, but once again, you can't conflate the two issues. Like, I feel like, and that's, that's what I was we talking about in the group chat yesterday. Things have to be judged on a case-by-case basis. This mm-hmm. Aziz story with this young lady is a separate case, I think, than a lot of the other things that are going but on. But when it's I under think- the Me Too umbrella, you know who wins? Harvey. Harvey read this story and he goes, oh, I'm out of here. Five years, I've been making movies again. Harvey Weinstein. 
when Me Too becomes... No, Harvey read that story and said, that's not sexual assault. <laughs> you better go look at my transcript. Right. Did he jerk off in a tree? He just trans. He jerk off in a tree at least. I, I think um, I hear you. I think I see it differently. I think we're on a... Um, I want to hear your perspective. As I, you should. She's a woman. I, Thanks. You <laughs> <laughs> saw, saw, saw him double down on that shit? As Wait a minute. Hold on. Schultz wants to hear your perspective. I also want to hear your perspective. <laughs> but... I think I think we're at it does all fall under the same conversation, but it is a different um, a different conversation. I think we're on the precipice of actual real change that we need. And thank God, because as a woman in this industry, like we really do need this change. Yes. Um, But I think that the Aziz story um, is pointing out how little we really understand about what consent is Mm -hmm. about the difference between sexual assault and harassment and possibly and will definitely where the confines of rape are and like we need more education and I think that the first way to not learn something is to decide what it is or isn't before you understand it but I, that's the problem with the Aziz thing. I really don't know what that was. I'm so being honest. Like, I'm so reading it and I'm like, completely and I, utterly honest, me. Either. I don't get. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't assault. know. He started off eating her out. But wait, like, 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 like it was one part where we go back. He said uh, to her, "Can we go back even even early?" Sorry, go. go but, go. but no, it was one part where it was like he. They was in front of the mirror, and she said, "Like this isn't." comfortable for me and he goes well if it's not comfortable for you then it's not comfortable for neither one of us and then she was like can we stop and he was like yeah and they got dressed and watched Seinfeld like isn't that what you're supposed to do yes and 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 real quick even before that this is where I knew giant red flag for me in this story early in the story she goes we first went to his apartment we had some wine it was white wine. I wanted red. I prefer red. That's not my fault. I didn't know that. So the way, <laughs> the reason why let she me just pointed say, that out. Let me, let me just point this out. Let me just point this out. If you, how are we supposed to believe that you vocalized clearly that you were uncomfortable with Aziz's sexual advances if you couldn't vocalize clearly what type of fucking wine you wanted? Maybe she did though. She never said she didn't. She, well, but right but, but by the way, that's not even. The, I get what you're saying, but I don't even know why she put that in the story. Because she's an ego fucking maniac. I'm gonna tell you why. why? I'll tell you why. What she just showed up front was that the power dynamic was already set from the moment that she got there. It that's didn't not a matter. Power dynamic, that's, though, Jeff. I just don't have no red wine. This is perspective. You This is so perspective, even, Jazz. I think you see it as demonstration of well, a power I dynamic. Well, I see it as yeah. I want to finish. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, the power dynamic in that they were, the wine situation happened at the party they were at. Mm-hmm. So there was a choice of different types of wines. He ordered for her. He literally didn't. He never asked her. He said, yo, we're going to have X, Y, Z and bought a bottle. So from his perspective, coming into this, this this evening, I own I'm driving here and she's sort of along for the ride, which she was. So that's why that was was his apartment. It wasn't at a party. They started no, at they, the apartment. No, they started at something and then walked back It was a party, yeah, because she apartment. said that they even went out and, to eat. And yeah, she was that, upset about that, that he rushed to pay the bill. Well, it started yeah, out like, at the apartment, then they went out to eat, and then they came back to the that, apartment. All of that was before they got yeah, to yeah, the, the apartment. Yeah, yeah, dinner before. And so she's setting the story of, she's setting the scene. My and, understanding and, is it starts at the apartment, they go to eat, and then they come back to 
the apartment. I don't think there was a party. No, 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 they no. Met. It was, it was, it was. I know, I don't know about the party. It was definitely dinner. Chris, could you beforehand. look that up? Well, Only there was Google. Well, Chris has because she because she said because she said he rushed through paying right. the bill yeah, to get back to the but apartment. But the wine thing happened before the apartment. What she's showing is that he was driving from the very beginning. That it wasn't about what her interests were. And, and do you think and, that it would be possible for a a grown woman, um, not an infant? A woman that we can send to war to protect our country, a woman that could be president, a woman that can vote to just say, I wouldn't like that wine. So, you know, so here's what's really interesting. The wine was at the apartment. Thank the you. wine thing was so at there's the no party. So they met at a, No, no, no. Let me explain the timeline. I'll explain what? the timeline. It Let me just dinner, clarify though. the timeline to everybody listening. They and, met at a if golden. Andrew finds out he's right about one thing. He's going to run with it. Now, now it's his story. Will talk. we ever get Listen. to talk again? <laughs> so, so they. St- I just want everybody to know the storyline okay. because it's important, right? Okay. So they they met at a at a, uh, some kind of event party at right? the Emmys. At the Emmys, yeah. Mm-hmm. She she was somebody else's date, by the way, and then mm-hmm. she gave him her number. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then. He texts her. They meet up at his apartment the night of the date. They have a glass of wine there. Then they go from his apartment to this restaurant. Is that true? Yes. Trust so what me. the apartment did not to eat? How many times I got to say it? Where okay. did he buy a bottle of wine? At the restaurant as well. There was an existing okay. bottle of wine at the apartment. Then there was another bottle of wine at the restaurant. Why didn't he just restaurant? order Uber Eats? Why would you leave the apartment? I'm serious. Like all jokes aside, like this. This is why it makes. I'm like, what? Why would you? All that's, jokes the, that's the part well, that no. you're hung up. <laughs> that's, that's when you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Is he? This, this whole story is really about this girl's ego. This girl thought because she and Aziz Ansari both had the same fucking camera that that meant she was going to be Aziz's boyfriend or girlfriend. She thought that they were going to be in. A, she thought that she was going to be in a relationship with one of the most famous and successful men on the planet because they had a fucking Pentax in common. Okay, I mean, she was then, halfway right. Then she found out that she was just a fuck for the night midway through the meal when he asked for the check and there was still shit in her plate. And in that point in Hold time, on. so he fucked her, then took her out to eat. Son, I'm not going to tell the story again. I didn't hear that. I ain't gonna tell you. Said it. Was at the apartment. So Starts that- at the apartment. This is a classic guy move. Get you comfortable with my apartment early, so I could bring you back there, and it's not an un- uh, uncomfortable environment for me. You've already been there. This is this is this is so one on one. Fucked her there. No, he didn't fuck her. He just brought her there. Okay, so he fe- all right. Okay, okay. Brings her there. Has a glass of wine. Boom. I know dating is foreign for you. Yes, it Let is. Let me explain. In my day, you would get the meal first, <laughs> then go get some booze. Hey, listen. If you, <laughs> if you try to eat, I need my dick suck minimum. <laughs> 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 I need some return on investment. I'm like, what? Okay. No, so he starts at the, at the apartment, has a right. glass of wine, then goes out to dinner, takes our dinner. They also have wine at dinner. Okay. They don't finish the bottle of wine, and he orders the check to get back to the crib. At this moment in time, Shorty realizes, oh, he's just going to fuck me. And like she says in the article, he's just like every other guy. Right, this which is, is a telltale sign, by the way. About when a woman says feels. that, when a woman says that, first of all, don't lump me in with all the other guys you've dealt with, because I don't know what these other guys have done with you. They're also bored by you and want to get done with this dinner. Listen, so if you're a, if you're okay. a boring person, you're okay. at dinner I, and you're boring somebody. Let's get the check. Let me go get some. Head let me just go. let me just yeah, because I don't want to. Uh, I don't agree with you, okay. and I want to be really clear please, that please, I don't please. agree with you. Um, I think. I will say from jump, I don't really know what to classify the Aziz thing as. I don't. And so, but that's also what leads me to believe that we need to have better education so that we have better understanding about what these issues are. Because, like, I don't don't know what that was. But I do know. What confuses you? 
Because um, you do know certain sexual assaults, right? You are aware of Absolutely. What are. But, but at a certain point, the lines get blurred. So at a certain point, this... it becomes, okay, what do we classify that as? And how do you then do better? So, so how, tell so, me what was, what was confusing. So Well, so here's the part where I'm clear on. Right. Um, and this is something that I personally, I'm, I'm a fairly confident person. Mm-hmm. And what I have come to realize just in dealing with different types of people is that there isn't an inner confidence that is instilled in a lot of women when they're younger as girls. And what happens is that they don't always feel empowered to speak up for themselves because that hasn't been instilled in them. And so there, there really genuinely are people. And also this is true for, for some men as well, but I think the dynamic is different when you're dealing with a man and a woman um, that she may not necessarily feel empowered to say, no, I don't want to do this. Stop. But she's saying it in other ways. By giving which, him head. Which, which we've had this conversation on. By the giving pod- him head. But listen, that's how she we've says had no, this, we've, had, we've had this conversation on Can the podcast so much. Can we acknowledge that? How that's Absolutely. misleading to a man? If no. you start sucking my dick, I but, might think that you want to, no, no, I don't know, this suck is even, my dick. But I'm going to tell you what's even scarier. What's scarier is the woman having what I thought was consensual mm-hmm. sex with me, but then going home later and feeling like, I did something I wasn't supposed to do. Mm. And that shit is scary. And this is what I said earlier. I believe her when I, I believe her when she says that she felt uncomfortable there. Clearly, because he texted her the next day and it, she responded exactly. with Exactly. But what I also believe is that because of her actions, Aziz did not know that she felt uncomfortable. Not true. And really one not. of and one of those actions mm. would be sucking his dick. Well no no. So it, here's it, here's a thing that I think that we need to bring back. And I really believe that we need to bring this back because Wait, I feel like before you yeah. say that, can we get? Because honestly, I read this the morning it came out, and I haven't read it she, since. He like, knew he knew she felt uncomfortable. That's why he stopped. Like that's all. He acknowledged in the it. He acknowledged yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. after that moment of discomfort, she starts sucking his dick. But so, wait, okay, Chris, can, I know the story, and you're not. He's reading you're it. Not, Chris reading it. Say the story, because watch when you come, come over here. No, 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 no. Keep that same energy when you come, come over here. Let's go. Keep that same energy when you come over here. Read the story. I know the story. We need a fact checker. The guy with glasses in the room has to be a fact I can recite this like the national anthem, son. Let's go. <laughs> That's awkward. Break down the timeline. Uh, I mean, so you got, you got the timeline right, but the part you're not addressing, you know, like a lot of this is semantics. They did have oral sex, but she said after that, she told him she wasn't comfortable. He kept putting her hand on him. She moved it away. She tried to move around the apartment. He followed her around the apartment. She went to the bathroom to try to compose herself. She came out and said something to the effect of like, I'd be comfortable having sex on the second date. Then he poured her a glass of wine. I was like, okay, is it the second date now? Oh, yeah. Okay. He goes, would a glass of wine make count, it a second? Count as count a second, second date. date. And she yeah. said she would move around the room. He would kind of follow her and cut her off and put right, her hand right, back, right, right. his hand back, over oh, her hand back on him. And she made it clear she wasn't comfortable. And he said the right thing. He was like, okay, it's only fun if it's fun for both of us. But then he couldn't chill. He was too worked up, and yeah. he wanted the sex that night. So and he, you he's, got to jerk off her. first, guys. Give me, give me he's he's no, no, pressing no, no, her. I'm going to read. Go ahead. What'd you say, Jack? No, no, no. Can I just say one thing? Then, then I want to. I'm. You heard what Chris is like? Fucking social justice warrior bias was with that. I'm going to read her words. Your words, her words don't even do justice to what you said. I'm going to read exactly. Mm-hmm. This, this is exactly what what she said. But, but go, go, go. 
I don't, I don't know what Nate is talking about. What'd you say, Jack? Let's read exactly what she said. What'd she say? Uh, okay, I thought you just read that, Chris. Yeah. I think it's a different the moral of the accent. story is, okay. I'm going to tell you what uh, my dad used to tell me. A man with a hard penis is a man, hard man to stop. You got to jerk off sometimes, fellas. Jerk off beforehand so you're thinking with a level head. I I think he, it, it sounds really like he was pressing her. And I don't know this this young woman, and I but I know that even I've been in situations where I'm like, yo, you, you got to back up. But, you know, telling someone, yo, you have to back up, is only as uh, it's only gonna work if if you have that power to back that person up. And it doesn't sound like she did, a, and and that's that's again. If this is your daughter telling you that story, if this is your sister telling you that story, it's uncomfortable, and she she has a right to feel uncomfortable. And and I'm not saying that you know as a guy, you guys don't have a right to also feel uncomfortable right now and, and unsure of what's happening and, and what you can and cannot do. But I do know that you can't lead with, Oh, that person's wrong. Oh, that, that girl is lying or that, or that is not a real issue or that's not really happening. I agree with you, but women, on, people have to stop. People have to stop leading with now Aziz is a creep. Aziz is a rapist. Yeah. Aziz is a I mean, sexual assaulter. It is happening. That's the fucking thing Absolutely. of the article. <clears throat> Absolutely. Listen, so, so real quick, why can't we say after looking at this and, and analyzing this and thinking objectively about this, we think that the way that she is demonstrating sexual assault in this story well, isn't accurate. Why, why can't we make an educated decision on it? Why can we only You're doing make this an, in a vacuum. You're no, making, why, you're why making can we only this... make an educated decision for sexual assault and not against it? What, what, oh, I, didn't, I never said that. I never said that at all. What I'm saying here is that the lines are, are it's not always clear cut. And and even even the fact that we have been talking about this one issue for what ten fifteen minutes now, yeah. it shows how dynamic it is and how complicated it is. And I think we're in that point where if we genuinely want to see change, there are things in there that both of those people could have done differently. But I think also in order to in order to teach people how to do things differently, you have to understand how it went wrong and. We have to have dialogue for that. And I think that the moment you start with, oh, no, this girl is only I think the Atlantic called it revenge porn or something like that. Oh, yeah. Caitlin or Flanagan, great article. Um, or you say, you know, Aziz did X, Y, Z. You stop talking and then you're just talking at one another. But you're just you, yelling. Can at I one just you know why we feel wrote? bad? Can you know why men feel bad about yeah. this situation? Because we've all been there. Yeah, we've and I get it. We've all been the guy that... I get it. Let me put the tip in. Or I, you, you, I just ate you out and we naked. Like, damn, we really ain't going to fuck? Like, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Like, what Aziz did I is re- I, it's, it's regular men shit. So Grace it says is. she I get spent it. about five minutes in the bathroom collecting herself in the mirror and splashing herself with water. Then she went back to Ansari. He asked her if she was okay. I said, I don't want to feel forced because then I'll hate you and I'd rather not hate you, she said. She told Babe, which is the uh, blog or whatever, that at first she was happy with how he reacted. He said, of course, of course. It's only fun if we're both having fun. The response was technically very sweet and acknowledging and acknowledging the fact that I was very uncomfortable verbally in that moment. He acknowledged that I needed to take it slow. Then he said, let's chill over here on the couch. 
This moment is particularly significant for Grace because she thought that that would be the end of the sexual encounter. Her remark about not wanting to feel forced had added a verbal component to the cues that she was trying to give him about her discomfort. When she sat down the floor next to Anzari, who sat on the couch, she thought he might rub her back and play with her hair. Okay. Something to calm her down. Ansari then instructed her to turn around. Not a bad move, though. He sat back and pointed to his penis and motioned for me to go down on him. And I did. Wah, 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 wah. Red flag. I think I just felt. I think I just felt really pressured. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. A point at the dick? Oh, how could you possibly say no to a point towards your dick? I, here's the thing. It's, it's, it was literally the most not, unexpected thing I thought would happen at the moment because I told him I was uncomfortable. Like you're not. You're, all right. Look, the point I'm trying to say is this. Ladies, there's this thing, and I want you all to listen closely, and it's called I'm Gonna Go. And this is what mature and intelligent women do when they're in an uncomfortable um, situation. They've been I... doing it for years. They say, I'm going to go. And they leave. The other day, I went on a date with a very beautiful and I'm sure she said, I'm going to go. Intelligent very early woman. On. And she said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. And we we hung out. And it was for like eight hours. And we had a great conversation. And we, uh, we were in an Uber. We were going back towards my house. And I asked her if she wanted to come upstairs. And you know what she said? You know what? If we go upstairs, you're going to want to have sex. I don't want to have sex. And it's just going to be an uncomfortable thing. I'm going to go home. And I said, you know what? I really respect you for saying that because coming up after this long date could make lead me to think that you would want to have sex with me as well. And I would probably, uh, you know, try to have sex until you said no, that you didn't. You, you just told her to all of it. Actually, we had a great conversation about it. Matter of fact, I just hung out with her last night and she came over. She said, hey, I'm coming over, but I don't want to have sex with you or anything. I just want to hang out. And I said, and I had the decision to say yes I gave her no. a nonverbal cue and just hung up. But I said, but I said, absolutely. I said, hey, yeah, come over. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be fun. So, uh, and we had a great conversation about this, about this uh, very topic, matter of fact. But that's real about. though. But the boundary so, was set from the beginning. But I'm coming over. You see what a mature, intelligent woman does. But did they, you accept that? Speak though? Out, did you, as a man, say, absolutely. "Okay"? Did if, you jerk off before? I, I jerked off while she was there. No, no, no. So, Louis, 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 Louis. So look, so comedians, so so comedians. Hello, so. So I guess the point I'm trying to say is I'm going to go is a powerful thing. And, and this is something that I want ladies to know. When you go to a restaurant, a waiter is going to come up to you in that restaurant. He's going to ask you if you like something to eat. And you can say in that restaurant, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm still looking at the menu. I'm not ready. It's just yet. And a few minutes later, he's going to come back and say, are you ready to order yet? You're like, no, I don't really want to order anything yet. And a few minutes later, you're going to come back and go, you, you, you want some food? Can I get you something? And you're going, no, 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 no. As long as you're in the restaurant, he's going to ask you if you want something to eat. And if you don't want to be asked to eat something, leave the restaurant. Hit yourself with a, I'm going to go. Because being in the restaurant makes the waiter think that you might want some food. Listen, I understand I everything Andrew's something? saying, but the reason I need to hear from Jazz is because that shit Andrew is saying is the shit that I grew up believing. But that's the shit that's getting men fucked up now. So how do we avoid that? Why why is the why is it not so easy for a woman to do that, Jess? Um I think well one it's also why did you get dressed and come out of your house? Why did you say yes to this? What are your expectations? Mm -hmm. Um we're not taking into account the Aziz and sorry of it. 
And the reality is she said from jump, you know, she was, oh, there's Aziz Ansari. She's already interested because he's Aziz. Um, she was probably expecting more, a deeper connection. Again, it's the camera of it. It's the, oh, we have similar interests. We may be, you know, compatible in some way. And Aziz plays um, that male feminist role. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, and that, and that he is safer in a way. That's why she said, "All you guys um, are all the same." Yeah, that yeah. she expect she she had different expectations going into it. And I think that that part of it played a lot into why she stayed in the room because she was hoping that she could get back to that. Ooh. I'm not saying Great that point. that's right or wrong, but I'm saying that like it's about the expectation. That's probably what brought her Ooh. out of her house you just made and me then think. brought her into his Great world point. in that she was entrusting herself to him. And as he started to press her, it started to chip away at that trust, but I don't think that it broke it. She kept giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I think that that's where things get really, and I, again, I'm, third, fourth person armchair quarterbacking it because, you know, I don't know any more than what you, and I definitely don't know as much as you do about it. Um, but, I, you know, it, it kind of seems like that's what it was. It was the expectation and the trust because this is disease. Um, you made me think about something when you talked about expectation because we talked about the reality show scripted thing, mm -hmm. our Duck Dynasty and how mm -hmm. people's expectations were mm -hmm. low because they thought it was a reality show but it ended up being like something scripted so they was like, oh, so with Aziz, it's like... You believe the character. You believe the character. He's a male feminist. He's yeah. a nice guy. So maybe him him exhibiting regular, and I don't even want to say it's regular because it, no, it is regular. Him exhibiting regular man behavior, right? Being a thirsty motherfucker mm -hmm. who can't, got this woman in his house and like, oh, she's I'm going to keep trying to fuck, whatever, whatever. That probably blew her mind. She couldn't believe that it was him doing that. But back that up. So when you are famous, that means that people know you before you know them. That means that that you can you have a natural trust that you've built with them mm -hmm. that supersedes you walking into the room. Yeah. That's power. So automatically you have the upper hand in this situation because they automatically trust you. Mm. She got well, they dressed have an expectation in, for you, but that might, expectation might not be fair. They're making that ex expectation incorrectly. Fair or not, she left her house and went to his. So she has to be accountable for that action. Um, I, at, at what know, point? At what point do we treat women like adults? That's just what I'm trying to say. I I understand it's more convenient to treat women like children because now you're not accountable for any of your actions and anything that happens to you, you're always the victim. But if you actually respect women, at least in my personal opinion, you would treat them like adults. But we can't conflate well, the two issues because, yeah. like you said earlier, there are creeps out this month. Yeah. So, and, and I want them sexual predators out this month. I don't even want what we're. Did. I don't want us to even be mixed in with those. And that's why I do. That's why I clarify. We're talking about this situation. I'm so not talking about wine. To this situation, yeah. um, just like you gave advice to women, which I, you know, th that's your advice that you gave to women. Yeah. I would say to men, um, one, you have to be honest with yourself about why this woman has decided to spend her time with you. What are her expectations? If you know that you just want to fuck and you met this girl and you're like, oh, yeah, this girl is into me. It may be a quote unquote easy fuck for you, but her expectations may be something completely different. And I think that that's where you start to pay attention. Yeah. Listen to the things that she's saying. What What are the interactions between this? You know, like 
all of these things start before you get in the room. But isn't that a crazy ego? Like, I think it's ego to assume that you're getting some pussy. Yeah, that's, and I learned that's, that a long time ago. You're the most famous. You're one of the most famous guys in the world. She's a plus one, and she thought Fuck that she's that. gonna be your so fucking girlfriend. You just, I don't want you, that. Like the power. You talk about the power dynamic. Why did she? I, I, why would she assume they're gonna be boyfriend? Somebody's gotta, gotta be she, his girlfriend. Is she like, what? Somebody's gotta be his girlfriend. Yeah, is she assuming or putting it on her vision board? Is she speaking it to the universe? That's, that's what saying. I want. But I'm talking about as a man. Like I used to use this thing called ginseng stone back in my day, right? And you take it, right? And you. I'm saying. Listen, you wet your dick. You that wet, sounds like some Cosby shit. No, you wet the stone. No, no, no. It's for you. You wet the stone and then you rub it on the vein of your dick. And like you would have like an erection for ever, right? And it's like, I used to do that sometime, but then I wouldn't get no pussy. So that taught me the lesson of don't have any expectations. Because that shit would, when you don't get no pussy, that shit would burn. You'd be jacking off a mad long trying to get that motherfucking nut out. So I never assume I'm getting any pussy. I don't have any this expectations. The 70s? When was this? Like, what? Like, what? Since the 90s? They didn't have concrete roads in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. It was still dirt roads. Y'all never heard of the ginseng stone? ginseng on their dick. Y'all uh, heard of the ginseng stone, man. What is no. the, okay. You never South heard of Carolina in the, in the early oh, 90s, you just throw some Chinese characters on a package, they go buy that shit <laughs> like, and rub it all over what? their dick. Oh, the 7-Eleven <laughs> stuff? Yeah. Oh, my fucking, God. What's that, Puerto Rican fly? Or what oh, was that? Spanish, Spanish fly. Oh, my God. <laughs> Puerto Rican oh, fly. Oh, my God. Listen, but all I'm saying is I don't have an expectation when it comes to women. Yo, it's girls out right now that will tell you, they came to my room or whatever, and I fell asleep. I wasn't thinking. I'm not. I wasn't trying to fuck. That's I thought the, we were just talking. That's the I'm the shit. dumb. Listen, I'm the dumb dude that you be like, yo, I'm a, I want to come through. We gonna talk. All right, cool. <laughs> and we talk. Yo, I had a girl tell me one time, I'm not coming over here no more because you don't want to have sex with me. Straight up, and I was like, Oh, you want to fuck you, me, Charlemagne? Good Yo, for you. I'm now I fucked it the next time she came over. <laughs> but, but but I'm saying all, so I kicked her in the pussy. But no, but I'm saying all that to say I had no idea. Like shit like that goes over my head. I'm never expecting pussy. Bro, I'm with you hundred percent. I and it is a beautiful part of your life and young young bucks out there, I'm telling you, one day you will get to this part of your life where sleep is just Ooh. as intoxicating as sex. Ooh. And let me tell in conversation. You, oh, Conversation is is the the best because conversation can last more than sex. Yeah, sex I'm gonna give you like we're talking about from start to finish half hour total. Be honest, Sandra, that's not happening. start, start to, finish, to finish. That means all. Yeah. That means <laughs> him doing her, all her right. doing him. I buzz you up into the uh, apartment. <laughs> <laughs> that's when sex oh starts. God. When I buzz the, when I buzz you in, See, I buzz you into the next that's door. The point. You come and up that's in the elevator. The point right I give you a, once. I give you that hug when you walk in the door. That's when foreplay starts. I'm gonna squeeze oh, you tight, man. smell your perfume. That's foreplay. Fuck out here. So how was your day? That's foreplay. Listen, we're going to pay some I just bills. hope the picture they use on your expose oh, it's is coming. a good one. Yo, they're going to do it, baby. They're going to use this brilliant idiot song. Hashtag yo, men <laughs> too, bro. I'm oh, telling God. you. We got to get hashtag men too started. Oh, when they're I, fighting listen, for us. When I come out with my story yeah. about how I got me too, yes. that's going to be the hashtag men too. Men too. So oh, I'm telling you, you got to start that. Also, yeah, these girls been men too and me. I, th- I had a girl I think, legit I rape think, me. And if that legitimately happened to you, you should talk about that. I think I, she I, did, I but think, it, her pussy was good. But it it was good. Right. But Stop I said no. No, I said no. 
no, 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 I didn't have a what condom. Am? I said no. She grabbed my dick. She she's a fucking tie. She does tie boxing or some shit. I could probably take her, but she's you know tall girl. And and she grabbed my dick and I said no. And then she put it in. She started What's riding right it now? with a little smirk. Hashtag men too. Listen, you know why men are so I'm broken, saying, bro? Men are so broken because the sexual assault we have experienced. Like from even when I was a kid, I'm serious. When I was I'm eight years you, old you, and I got molested by my cousin's ex-wife, I didn't look at his molestation. Right. As a man, they're like, "Yo, you the man, yeah. son. You get yeah, your child." And then you get old and you realize that's molestation. Fucked up. Hashtag yeah. men too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hashtag yeah. men so, and, too. And, and even if you're in a position where you're in an environment where a woman in a position of power in this yeah. industry tries to fuck you, yeah. you feel like you pussy if you don't. If put you your don't dick fuck in her, her, son, it's great. But, but again, it's the same. It's the power dynamic. That's the the exact same thing that you just talked about that's her going on this date with Aziz like it's power yeah, 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 it's yeah. it's the exact same thing and it, it's not exclusive to men or women power is power and when you use it incorrectly or you don't realize you have it people can get hurt so here's what I'll say there will always be people with power in absolutely the world. just like there will always be hurricanes that hit uh, the Caribbean mm-hmm. right so do we tell people with power and do we tell hurricanes not to be hurricane-y or do we tell people in Puerto Rico and other places in the Caribbean how to handle a hurricane, how to build buildings so they're not affected by the hurricane, how to create uh, you know, uh, hatches or whatever below the ground so that they're safe in the event of a hurricane. I think what we're trying to do is protect people by telling the bad guys not to be bad. Bad people are going to be bad. No. Let's set people up like this girl and like Charlemagne, like myself, you know what I mean? Let's set us up with skills so that we can handle the bad guys. But you got to well, tell the bad guys not to be bad. Yeah, you know? yeah oh, I think it's well, both. Yeah, yeah. At I the think end of the day, I bad guys going to be bad. That's what bad guys do. It's not like you go, naughty bad guy, and they go, you're right. I think, um, and I'm not an expert on any of this. I think I'm learning it as everybody else is in real time. But I think that it's a combination of educating everyone, men and women, on how to really communicate with one another. Um, and while you're empowering everyone, not just men or women, to speak up for what makes them comfortable and what doesn't. And I think that that's where you start. I, I, I 100% agree. Let's talk about it. Let's have these fucking conversations. Yeah. Let's empower people. I mean, you guys have daughters, you know? Yes. Would you tell your daughters how to deal with these situations or would you hope that the guy knew how to treat women? I would hope that the guy knows how to treat women, but both. I but agree with you. Both, I think right? Both. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning you would tell your daughter what the right way to act in this situation is, right? So the, in my personal opinion, I, I want to tell these I bad mean, guys. I would tell my daughter, don't be going to this motherfucker's house because he's going to expect you to fuck him. There we go. That's honestly what I would tell there my daughter. Go. Like that's, straight up. Like why are you at this motherfucker's honest. house? Ladies, don't go to a guy's house to cuddle. It is... I know you don't have air conditioning. I know it's tough for you because you live in a shitty apartment with three roommates. But don't get comfy with a guy because he has air conditioning in the summer and take advantage of that. Go back to your shitty apartment and deal with that shit. Don't be cuddling all night and expecting a guy to not think <laughs> it's true. I mean, I just feel like we're putting too much blame on the woman, and yeah. I don't want to do either. I don't want to. I, I don't want to put too much blame on the man, too much blame on the woman. I think we're all trying to figure out where is this gray area that we need to we're be in. We're in a gray so area we all with can, this. I don't think we're in a gray area. I think men are getting all the blame. We getting destroyed. I do. I for really accusations. do. Yeah, that that's what's bothering me more than anything. The court of public opinion, mm. man. Like due process. People's reputations are done. Like. Are we getting a master of none season three? 
Son, Akash. Yeah. We are? Akash, bro. He's a new star. <laughs> you didn't know Akash Singh coming out. Hey, out to Akash, in the meantime, go download Legal Fling. Okay, it's an app that you can download. And while you're with the young lady, you can send her a request for sexual consent. Get out of here. I'm dead Wait, serious. what? It's Legal Fling. What? It's an app. It's an app. So while Whoa. we're together, I can send you this Whoa. contract. It's binding. You can docu-sign it. And it's requesting sexual consent. Yo, that shit is romantic. And that's about to add another five minutes to my 30 minutes. Hey, man. My foreplay up to 35 minutes let's, now. Let, let's pay some bills and then we come back. We got a couple more things to uh, talk about. Uh, oh I, I just recently found out something about Jazz Fly that I think people can learn from. Whoa. So I think <laughs> oh. uh, interesting. Okay. If I can get her to tell it. And I'm going to go pee while you pay these bills. Let's pay some bills because the future is coming. So we got to make it brighter with today's sponsor, Squarespace. Shout out to Squarespace always holding us down. I really respect Squarespace for this. You know, they got beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. Showcase your work, blog, or publish content. Even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. Just like BrilliantIdiotsMerch.com where we are selling merch. You can set up a site to sell your own clothing, sell your own books, sell your own movies, sell your own used underwears. We don't know what you want to sell, but you can do it with Squarespace. You can customize everything from uh, the look and the feel, the settings, the products, and it's all optimized for mobile right out of the box. Use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. But if you do have a question, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support is there to help. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. Did you hear what I said? I said free. Free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code IDIOT to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Remember, Squarespace is so easy. Even an idiot could do it. So our offer code is IDIOT. Get that 10% off. That's squarespace.com. Offer code I-D-I-O-T. That's right. I spelled it for you idiots that don't know how to spell idiot. 10% off your first purchase of a new website or domain. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Um, and before we get back to the show, I just want to promote a couple things. Um Right now, uh, something I've been releasing, I'll talk a little bit more about it, but I'm doing 52 weeks of stand-up, so I'm putting a new clip, clip out every single week, uh, either on Instagram, um, Twitter, my Facebook, uh, of me doing, and YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Schultz, the Brilliant Idiots YouTube page of me doing stand-up for a week. I'm going to get in uh, every week for a year. I'm going to put a new clip out every week for a year. I started uh, two weeks ago. It's going to be my second week. I did it. It's going to be every Sunday. So you can look out for that every Sunday. And um, I mean, just to get into the genesis of it, honestly, it's like I've created this uh, special. I tried to sell it. I've been told no by everybody. I did a micro special. I did a 15-minute micro special. I put it out there four for one. You guys watched it. Got incredible feedback. Great views. I mean, we did more numbers on that than Comedy Central does on one of their like Comedy Central stand-up shows when they air it live. I mean, that was insane. And... Um, I thought that would open up open up some doors. So uh, Netflix started doing micro specials. They're doing fifteen minute micro specials. I wonder where they got that idea from. And um, I I submitted and they passed. And I I was like, okay, wow. Well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go out there and do it myself. The reason I want uh, these TV deals is not for the money. It's for the exposure. I want people to see my stuff. So I said, you know what? I have people that have been supporting me, following me. And if you want to help me out, you could help expose me. Because nobody is more powerful than people. No network is more powerful than people. So I'm going to put this shit out. And if you like it, if you like the jokes, you enjoy them, share them. Tag some people in them. Spread the word. 
And I'm going to do it for a whole fucking year. So uh, let's see what happens with this. I appreciate you guys for supporting me so much coming out to shows. I do have shows coming up. You can get my shows at theandrewschultz.com. Uh, I will be on the road uh, a good amount coming up. Um, I'll be my next my next dig. I'll be down in uh, Tampa. I'm going to be doing Tampa and I'll be there the 22nd to the 25th at the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Improv. Then I'll be doing uh, New Jersey at the Stress Factory March 15th through 17th. Then I'm going to be in Rochester, New York at the Carlson the 5th through the 7th of April. Then I'm going to be at Gotham Comedy Club back in New York the 13th and the 14th. I'm going to be headlining that weekend. And then I'm going to be in Nashville June 1st through 3rd at Zany's. And then I'm going to be in July, July 26th through the 28th. I'll be at the Mohegan Sun. I'm always adding dates to my tours, but come check out my new hour. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting. Please spread the word. I appreciate you so much. All right, back to the show. Um, okay, come back. So jazz. Jazz, jazz is something we all learn from. Now, jazz is from Chicago. All right. There's three things you think about when you think about Chicago. You think about uh, people that are very creative. Yes. But then you think about criminals. That's true. And mobsters. That's true. People with criminal records. That's Jazz Fly. <laughs> Jazz Fly, I recently found out, has a criminal record. What? I had no idea. Uh, are, you are you comfortable talking about this? I was, a, I was an amazing uh, segue. Um... Yeah, I mean, technically, I'm a convicted felon. Wow. What? Who'd you yeah. shoot? Chicago, baby. Yo. Wait, the what'd shot. you do? This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell this us. Is, Come on. Uh, this is... Uh, I... So, actually, all right, let's back up. Um... The point where earlier where I had my surrender moment mm -hmm. and, and and started to figure out who I actually was, um, that came, I had a whole career in film and TV. I started as a PA on ER and worked my way up through a ton of commercials and movies and Ali and Barbershop and... MTV real world Chicago shit like that um and then moved to LA the first time and it was it was, it was a very funny story we were first job in LA about the uh Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so wait, you know part of this story then. I don't know That's, the that well, story. Well, catch us up to speed because I don't know just Oh, yeah, sorry. This is, okay. uh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. So essentially, um, <laughs> I get to L.A. and I uh, had two job options the first day that I got there. It was yeah. either being an associate producer on Night Calls, which was um, a porn show on Spice Channel, yeah. um, which I turned down. And then I ended up with a... Uh, uh, in, an unpaid internship for Eric LaSalle right. and who I knew from my ER, uh, ER days and everything. Who is Eric LaSalle for people who don't know? Right? Uh, the Prince of Soul Glow. Princess Soul Glow. From Coming to America. Holy shit! Oh. Really? Daryl? Daryl? Holy shit! Why do you know that? All right. You, you was Daryl's PA. One day we got to get you to tell us the porn story. You was Daryl's assistant. Okay. It's so good. But okay, Thank go on, you. Go on, go on, go on. Um... Yeah, so <laughs> I, I start all over. I work my way up from intern to um, office assistant to office manager to executive assistant to um, CE and just like, again, start over. I think at that time, though, 
Eric was so big in Black Hollywood, and Black Hollywood was was such a. I mean, this is the Will Smith era, right. mm-hmm. and um, you know we were sort of plugged into that. We were at when Jamie used to Jamie Fox used to throw his big ass parties. Like we were there, but we were working. So like. You know, we got to see the world and not be in it and sort of be protected from it. Um, also, though, at that time, I was really young. And I was also really, I had no idea who I was. Like, I just mm-hmm. didn't. And, and you give a young person that much power and access and just, you know, went crazy with it. Um, but I was also not making very much money. I was making $21,000 a year, which is kind of hard as a functioning adult by yourself. So a tough situation, low salary, tons of power. Yeah. And those things. Absolutely. It's a, it's a balance. Yep. Especially when you have no idea who the fuck you are. Absolutely. And so the dynamic in the office was, uh, it was unhealthy. It was, it was very unhealthy. It was very, um, it was autonomous. This is, you know, one person's company. Um, but also there was this false sense of family, this false sense of like, this is us. And, Which most and, of the industry is, by the way. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. why now I don't I don't use the word family. I don't use the word friend, like, lightly. Like, it, it those, those things actually come with responsibilities. Motherfuckers you know? get a Rock Nation hat and think they should be at Blue Ivy's first <laughs> Yeah. <record. laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's uh but yeah like there was this false sense of like tribe yeah Yeah. and i think so eric and i started falling out because also i was at that point where in our mentorship i should have left and and this was also a lesson of like you got to know when it's time to to fly to just you know um and so he and i were sort of battling for control of me right around that time uh my sister got pregnant and she was even younger and and this was sort of a what the fuck situation uh in in our family and i used the company credit card to buy stuff for her pregnancy um and it started out as a oh she needs this i will get back you know whatever and then it just became too much to pay back cuz it was yeah and you run up uh, four thousand dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad to you now, mm-hmm. but also when you're that was also a quarter of my salary. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's not that's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's, it's a lot of money. It's um, and then also coming from the world that I'm from, where you know you listen. I, my dad for most of my life has. Filled up his gas tank ten dollars at a time, right. so like four thousand dollars might as well be forty thousand yeah. dollars. Now, um, was four thousand dollars a lot of money to Eric? No, I don't know. The Prince of Soul Glow, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got fired, mm. and yeah. it was that was the first of the heartbreak, um, and rightfully so. I should have been fired. But he pressed charges. Yeah, and so that's cold. Now we have to be accountable. You did break the law. Yes, you did I, and steal. that's I, I, I take full responsibility. Absolutely. But he didn't me. even ask you why. It's not like you took the money to go buy Tommy Hilfiger or some shit. Like he didn't ask yeah. you what was what what were you buying? You know, I don't. He and I have never had this conversation, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to sp- speak for him. That's yeah. not my place to tell. Do you like the female T.K. Kirkland? 
That's exactly who I am. Yeah. 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 TK has a similar story. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay, yeah. he was a thief. It TK was a, was a yeah. full fledged. Uh, I was starting to say narcoleptic. What's the fucking stealing uh, shit? Uh, oh, klepto. klepto. No, that's klepto. 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 Yeah. Okay, so yeah. so so he pressed the charges, which is, which I, I might say a lot about about him. I'm, I've my parents had a small business, and they've had people steal, like friends of mine that worked with them, mm-hmm. and it was always like a learning moment for these people. It wasn't well, yeah, and so well, and that's like, the I'm thing where send you to jail. Or I'm something. not gonna. Uh, I'm not going to indict him because I I take full responsibility for what I did and, right. and that's between him and God. That ain't got shit to do with me. Right. What I will say is is that um, in hindsight, which is the only way I can look at this, it was the best thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. The absolute best thing that happened. Tell to me. Tell them why. Um, so I get fired. And at that point, I I then went to work at uh, MTV for a second and then Nickelodeon. And at that point, I'm totally disenfranchised with Hollywood and, and fuck everybody who loves it. I want to go home. I want the safety of my family. And I'm going to go home and work for Allstate. And By the way, was, only people from Chicago can say they find safety in Chicago. Just want to throw that out. Right. <laughs> yo, fuck you. Chicago is an amazing city. That's, that's the real. Actually, that's yo, like. I feel unsafe here. I need to go to a place where <laughs> I find security. Safety. I just want to say, and that's one of the reasons why I really am into the shy. And, and because it's showing the roundness of Chicago. Yes, There's so much yeah. there that, that we have not seen before. And and, and so just know that it's not all just right, like right. shooting off every corner. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful city. It, but yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't go, but it's a beautiful city. And I think we don't know. want you. I know. I, I, so there you go. <laughs> so I was there uh, recently to be honest. I did, I did shows there and it's one of you my stayed favorite. only in the loop. Uh, no, not in the loop, but I, I was in a safer, safer neighborhood. But uh, it was it's one of my favorite cities. I think it's the most impressive looking city I've ever been to coming from New York. Like it puts New York skyscrapers uh, to shame. Well, I'll it's, be there on the 28th at the Harold Washington Culture. Hey, oh, nice. Get you some. Right. But, but not to nice. cut you up, back to your story. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I'm showing my apartment because I'm going to sublet it for the rest of my lease. Mm-hmm. And it's the end of the day and I get a knock on the door and I'm like looking at my list like I've seen everybody and it's this white man and woman and they're like, can we talk to you for a second? Show me a badge. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? Prior to that, I had a couple of moving violation tickets driving. Like, this is not my world. This is not, you know, who I am. And they explained to me, they're like, do you know who he is? I'm like, yeah, that's my former boss. And it's like, well, he's alleging that you have stolen um, $20,000. Yikes. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that's not. Go for. (laughs) Well, I I, I knew enough not to say that. Uh, Shout out to Law and Order. The worst worst reaction is to go, 20? (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. Never do that. Never do that. Uh, But I, you know, I was like, that's not the case. And I'm more like, okay, we're going to sit down and talk about this. And they're like, no, we need, we need you to turn around. And I'm like, Oh, wait, what? And so I was rested and they took me in for the night. And then the next morning I had to go in front of the judge and it was a surreal, like I, it's just one of those things where if you know me, you know, and also if you don't know me, you probably have an idea that like, I never thought I'd find myself in this situation, but here I was. And, um, 
it was really interesting because the education started the next day. So when you get, when they arrest you, you know, at night you get a bunk and then the next day you're going to court. But really what that means is you're sitting in just different rooms. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm in there with women from all walks of life. And I just started talking to them. They started talking to me. And it was um, the night that I was arrested, there was a girl in there who... They took her out. She was in three cells with me. And so by the second cell, I'm like, who is this girl? She clearly was picked up for prostitution. They took her out. And this is several times that she's been picked up. And she comes back in and she you can tell she's been bawling and she's laying on the bench. And no one will talk to her. And then finally, someone who knows her, you know, went over and was like, what happened? They have a conversation in the corner. The girl was like, oh, well, fuck you then. So she comes back and she sits next to me. And I'm like, is she okay? Like, does she need a hug like what's going on it's like nah this bitch is done it's like what does that mean well the girl tested positive for hiv on her last arrest and then was arrested again for prostitution so now she's being charged with attempted murder so now she's looking at 10 years versus just a simple prostitution ticket and release so now i'm like oh my god like here's this girl who's like 1920 and not only is she dealing with the fact that she's HIV positive, but also now she's got a, and also something going on in her life that she's a prostitute. Now she's going to go to jail, to prison. And like, there were so many layers on it. So in my mind, I'm like, I, I just felt for this girl. And they were like, yo, fuck her. That's the girl that set up Romeo Santana to be killed. <laughs> what? The dude from, from Steve Harvey yeah, show, yeah, Romeo. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had been killed like a couple years before. She yeah. was the one who set him up. The prostitute with HIV. Yeah. Wow. Like, it was shit like that where I just realized I just dry snitched on this girl, so. I mean, nobody knows who she is. Thank God. She uh, dead, no. Yeah, she does. My God. No, All right. <laughs> Based off the that, circumstances you've described to me, yeah. I doubt she could, you know, <laughs> afford good health care. <laughs> like, I, I wish you the best life wherever you are. Um, but yeah, but it... it, it so it became a thing that I was dealing with in my life that, but it was so interesting because it was so eye opening in so many different ways. Um, I bonded out the next day and then I, like my apartment was already up for lease. Like I had to move home, but also I was flying back and forth for a year and a half to make every court, court case. Date, yeah. Um, so from LA to Chicago. Okay. Yeah, what little savings I had went mm-hmm. to the private attorney. When that was over, I ended up with a public defender. And the public defender from Jump was like, take a deal. Take a deal. Because you're not, you're facing three years and you have no, you do admit that you are guilty of some of it. Mm. So take a deal. And what it came down to to it for me was my grandmother. My uh my grandmother's my mom. She raised me. And at that point, she was 86, 87. And she lived in Chicago. She can't get on a plane and come see me. I don't want to go to jail and miss the end of my mother's life. Mm. Yeah. And so the deal was 90 days in uh, Linwood County Correctional. And then uh, three years uh, probe. Probation and I at the time that I turned myself in, I had to. And this is the last time I saw. No, this is the second to last time I saw Eric. Um, when I turned myself in, I had to present a check for two thousand dollars, which again at that point might have been might as well have been two million dollars. 
um, because I'm just not from a world where we have $2,000. Did you save the money up? Well, so they gave me three months. Okay. Um, again, we're not from, like, me, if I had literally saved all of my money, because at that point I think yeah. I was temping now, if, and you, making $300 you a week. to yourself, well, there's one less prostitute on the street now. Don't do it. What? You just told me the girl has AIDS. She can't be out there proing. Uh, now there's a slot open. Remember, he's a comedian. No. Jazz. I'm that just saying, you need joke. two grand. You, you need two grand in three I months. Use comedian loosely. There's one, there's yeah. a, listen, uh, there's, a, there's a slot open on the bench. You also, okay, I also just want to. Listen, shows goes for it. I know, I, and I respect <laughs> it. I get it. Um, Better aim, though. But I think. Uh, <laughs> I ain't say I'm Curry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm Rondo. Um, but I do want to be very clear. Pricks. This is this is a different version of me. This is me 111 pounds ago. This is me completely I didn't know who I was. Right. Like the you know, the weight of two grand and it's, the difference is if I didn't have the two grand by turning in that I had to serve the whole the whole 120 days or something like that. I can't remember the, the so thing. How so how do you get two grand and so three I go months? home? That's the thing. So I go home back to my working class family in Evanston, Illinois. And, you know, my family knows, shit, where do we come with this money? And everyone keeps saying, like, I don't know, but I'm going to pray for you. I don't know, but I'm going to pray for you. Like, you know, and to the point Chicago, to where. Chicago, go get a gun and rob a check cashing place. <laughs> yo, the yo, fuck is up, man? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm like. It got to the point to where I was like, yo, fuck y'all and y'all's prayers. Like, mm. you know, like, like, no, I, I don't need you to pray for me. I need somebody to, you know, cut me a check. Did you, did you, have, did you have faith at this time? So at that point, like I, my dad's a minister. I was mm. raised in church. Yeah. But Collection I. plate that shit. Well, so I even I even went to my church and was like, you know, I, I need to come up with this money. And they're like, we're going to pray for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially, like, you know, <laughs> it's you. yeah. yeah. Um. And so finally I had a conversation with my dad just like on some real shit. I'm like, you know, this praying for me stuff is actually not going to help me. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, because you ain't praying. Everybody's Ooh. praying for you. Mm. You're not. Ooh. So bars. Mm. That's why ministers like, get all the pussy, yo. I swear to God, that's bars, I'm right? Telling you, how can I, I not fuck you? I almost gave up the pussy to your dad for that <laughs> shit. Like, for real, I, I, li- fuck you I literally that. was like, here you go, dad. Even if I'm not <laughs> expecting the pussy as a minister, like, oh, I got an offering for you, right? Like, yeah, please. <laughs> that was hot. I see what you did right there, God guy. And <laughs> seeing that, God's that was good. Guy. Yo, this is. <laughs> Probably the worst decision of my life. But, uh, <laughs> I would say the worst. Decision. So you at the church? He said. He said nobody's praying for you. You're praying for yourself. So, you so for yourself. the next morning, I when I got up, I just said this prayer and I just sort of ad hoced it. And then the next morning, I said the same prayer. And the next morning, I said the same prayer. Um, You're like please God make us Jewish. <laughs> so that we would have enough money to pay for these legal fees <laughs> and a lawyer and a family that we could use. <laughs> Yo, that, um, so yeah, two weeks before I'm supposed to go back, um, one of my best friends growing up comes to me and she goes, I got an idea. I applied for this credit card. I can get a cash advance. I got my $2,000 24 hours before I was supposed Holy to leave. Holy shit. So get back to LA. So total buzzer beater. Turn it in. Turn myself in. 
Um, I now this is I'm preparing to serve 90 days. My lawyer, my public defender is saying it's your first offense. It's a nonviolent crime. You're going to we're estimating at this point, you probably do about 30 days. I had a job offer back in Chicago. I told them that I was having a surgery that I could be vague about and that I needed to be out for 30 days. But if I could get out and back home in 30 days, I would have I could have a life essentially. Um, so I'm just praying like, OK, I'll be gone a month. I don't know how I'm going to do a month in jail, but I'm going to do a month in jail, whatever it is. And also just like Linwood County Jail is not like it's it's a it's a it's a jail. Like mm-hmm. it's not like it's where Paris Hilton went. I was not going to the wing Paris Hilton right. was going to. Gotcha. Um, but they say that county uh, they say that jails are actually a lot of times more dangerous because yeah, you don't the have the, yeah, the prison. Yeah. Prison. Because the everybody's long-term. together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And prison, it's like you have felons who have been there. They're mm-hmm. going to be there for 20 years. They There's want a you lifestyle. Come, whereas like county jails, like people are coming you're in there rallying hot. Yeah. 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 You're just wilding. It, it, um, the night that I was arrested, it, it became apparent very quickly to just know how to handle yourself in this situation. Um, and so I turn myself in, we go to get on the bus and again, I'm now I'm back to being moved with other inmates and I'm, you know, having conversations and we get to Linwood and it's a big field house and you walk in and they tell you strip down. So it's a bunch of literally just women face the wall. They're going one by one. You got to squat, you got to cough. You, they're checking you to make sure you're not bringing anything in and they give you your, your, you know, clothes, mm-hmm. your, your uniform. And then they assign you to your bunk. I came in at night, so they assigned me to the bunk. The woman on the bottom bunk was detoxing from crack. And oh, so she is fuck. shitting herself and throwing up. Mm. Cool. So now I get on the top bunk, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. And they tell you, if get a work detail, because it'll make the time go faster. So I'm like, let me just go to sleep, and then I'll wake up when they call for work. Wake up, 5 a.m., they call, who wants to work? Go downstairs. They're assigning out the uh, the jobs based on how long you're going to be there. So if you're going to be there longer, you're in the fields. And then if you're the shortest is in, you're in the kitchen. So everybody's like hoping they assign you in the kitchen because that means that you're going to get out quicker. Well, they get to me and they call Waters and I'm like, I want to work. They're like, great, you're in the field. And so I asked the officer, I was like, you know, I've, they said that I might be getting out in 30 days. And she looks at it and she says, 90 days, you're in the field. Go back up to your bunk. Go back up. And I climb up on the bunk and I just lose it. Like, I'm really about to be in jail for three months. And, you know, I think that we... I don't think that we really understand what jail is. It's putting a human being in a cage. Right up. It's not some uh, glossed over thing. It's not something to be proud of. It's not some badge of honor. It is caging a human being. Yeah. And stripping them of all their rights, all their freedoms. Some people need to be caged. I agree. Some people need to be caged, but you're still caging them. Yeah. And the idea of doing three months there, again, in an element, you're with the unknown every day. You don't know what you're going to face, it just, it all just sort of hit me. And I get up on my bunk and I'm just bawling. Mm. And I didn't know what else to do but 
talk to God. I couldn't talk to anybody else. You know, like I, I'm isolated. Perfectly good crackhead on the bottom bunk. She, she was not lucid. She's not lucid. She she wasn't even hearing what I, she was not. She was not even awake. Um, and so, you know, I I just said a prayer. I'm just like, you know, God, I I get it. If this is what you want me to do, if this is where you want me to be, then. I right, come on, I'm riding with you. And I genuinely just surrendered every single thing. Go to sleep. And I'm, you know, my plan now is I'm going to sleep as much as possible to pass the time. The crackhead has the right idea. And so I go to sleep and, you know, you have those sleep and you think, oh, shit, I woke up it's four or five hours. No, it was an hour later. And they start moving you. And they're immediately like, Again, I'm back in different cells talking to different women. I met some woman who was picked up on a warrant, a 10-year-old warrant in Atlanta. And the warrant was uh, for Atlanta. No, it was she was picked up in Atlanta for an L.A. warrant. It took them six months to process her. So she's been in jail for six months waiting for L.A. to come get her. Sucks. Finally came and got her. So, like, I'm, I'm learning— um, it was assault, I believe. Don't break the law, kids. Um, bonk. Once you get trapped in that system, you're trapped for I, real. And, and it was it was eye opening to how all encompassing that system was, and the, the weight of it, and and how unjust it is at times, but also how biased it is. Um, and because all the people in there were black and brown, there I saw maybe one white girl who I don't think she's seen a white girl in a very long time. Like it was so <laughs> completely. <laughs> just biased <laughs> and so i i well, they start moving us i'm being moved to this one room they pull us out put us on the yellow tape and i'm hearing the officers say these are they're going out so now i'm like is there another jail like what's happening um they move us to another cell then they move us to another cell. Then we get to another cell and they come in and hand us a bag with our street clothes in. And I'm like, wait, I put my clothes on and you can't ask anybody anything. And then they make us wait for like two hours. And I'm sitting with my clothes on confuses what the fuck is happening. They move us again, start signing your release paperwork. And I'm like, wait, Okay, like, you know, yeah. cool. Move us one more time. Then they walk us out to this door. They open this door. It's literally the garage we rode in on. At the end of the garage is the open door of the street, and they were like, go. I just booked it. So you did what, 24 hours? 24 hours. Wow, on a 90-day finish. Yo, what's that? Overcrowding? Overcrowding. That, that estimation of 30 days was one day. Wow. I got out to the street. And mm-hmm. in that moment, I was like, all right, God, whatever you want. Let's go. Real talk. What was that prayer that you ad hoced? Um, It's the same prayer I've said every morning of my life since then. Yeah, let's let's hear that one. Uh, It is, thank you for waking me up this okay. morning. Thank you for allowing me to see another day, another opportunity to be better, to do better. Um, I ask that you continue to bless myself and my family. Help us to accomplish our goals. Come into our hearts, to our minds. Uh. I'm, I, I'm, it's so coming to our into minds. Uh, I've been overthinking my prayers. Yeah, <laughs> I need to tone it down. <laughs> no, I mean it's. it's <laughs> hold on, let, let me get let through it. Son. Is this prayer is functional. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> don't, don't be fucking this up for me, dog. Let me. 
this the set. This the joke that gets the crowd crazy. This the hot five minutes, exactly. Give us this kicker in the pussy prayer. Yo. Yo. I, uh, all right. Um... Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for allowing us to see another day. Thank you for another opportunity to do better and be better. Thank you for coming into our hearts, into our minds. Bless our lives, dear God. Help us to uh, be honest and to live to our potential. Protect us from anything not of you. In Jesus' name. What do you, amen. Hot. What do you amen. think? What do you think God was 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 showing you? Like it was the ultimate humility. It was. You have power over nothing. Mm. It was, listen to me. Do what I'm telling you to do. Learn to discern my voice over yours. Mm. It was, it was, we talk about humility, but it's actually, real humility is just making yourself small so that you can hear God over everything else, including yourself. Mm. And that was my aha mm-hmm. that then when I got home 24 hours later yeah, and everyone's like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Uh, life was different. I began to trust God, which then meant that I trusted myself more, which then meant that I knew that I could leap because even if I fell, I was going to be okay. And continually Beautiful. God has shown me that, over and over and over and over to the point to where I do make big leaps. I expect miracles I and they come because I expect them. And then when they don't come, the lessons I've learned always lead to what I ultimately need. Yo, if I was your dad, I would be tight. I've been, I've been preaching every Sunday. <laughs> You've been ignoring my shit and took a crackhead to take a dump on themselves hey, for you takes, to believe in God. Come on time. now. You know, I, I, I feel like we all need those humblings. And the reason we need those humblings is because after you realize it's not about you, Mm-hmm. And you just go forth mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Anything bad that happens, yeah. you just know it was supposed to happen. Or anything yes. perceived is bad. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe in good or bad experiences. I just believe it's part of the process. Yeah. The things that happen that, that aren't to your liking, you just realize, okay, that's part of the process. Yeah. As opposed to my ego of you uh, you my learn. bad karma. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you, and you start to see the world in a different way. And it, it helps you prioritize things. And again, it goes back to the more you know yourself and the more you understand yourself. Um, I think there's there's something to this that's not only uh, Christian, oh, not no. only religious. Yeah, it's not I, about religion. I, exactly. Like yeah. To you, it might be through that lens. Like we were yes. talking earlier, everything's mm-hmm. the lens. But mm-hmm. to somebody else, it might be uh, daily routine or whatever it is. But like this act in and of itself. Yeah. Of like submitting yourself, yes. removing ego, removing yep. these things and humbling mm-hmm. yourself is productive. Yep. So to people who might have tuned off because they tuned up uh, because they, they're like a staunch atheist and they don't think they can get anything from religion. Yeah. It's not the Jesus guy with the beard. No, that's religion. That's man made that. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And that listen, I'm, I'm a preacher's kid. I'm a PK. I don't go to church. I don't I don't. To me personally, I don't subscribe to religion. Religion right. is a community, which many people need that. There have been times in my life where I still need that, and I'll dip in and dip sure. out. But what I'm talking about is just a connection to your inner self. That right. aha moment. Yeah, yeah. That, that moment where you start to realize, oh, I've been looking at this wrong. Maybe I need to see this in a different way. And what was the different way? I'm just writing these as notes for me, actually. But, uh... uh 
Um, I think for me, it was that realization that first it started off as power. Years later, I learned that it's not about you. It's not about um, But also just realizing that, yo, life is so much bigger than the stuff that we think is the biggest thing. There's so, because what happened, every one of those cells, and by the way, I just have to say, I I realized like 30 minutes into this, I'm still wearing my retainer, so I don't usually have a lisp, but. um, (laughs) First of all, you know who you're doing a show with, right? I know. (laughs) I don't have a retainer, but I have a lisp. (laughs) He got no, he got no excuse. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, you realize that, yo, if you know who you are, you can talk to anyone. You can you can understand anyone because you see the humanity in them. Absolutely. And I, when I think about those women that I talked to and those stories and and why they trusted me with what was I ultimately I did talk to to homegirl that was on the bench. We had an hour long conversation. AD? And I. We had an hour long conversation what? and I, <laughs> what? I, I, you know, she trusted me with her story and, and there's a sense of responsibility. And through that, I found my purpose and what I was here for. Telling stories, and right? Here you go. Wow. wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you, you are very gifted at, at uh, storytelling. Jazz is the best. From that, yeah. <laughs> so I have a, a selfish question. Yeah. I, can you break down? In the most simplest of, of form, the structure of a story. I, I, I am. We're sitting with you're obviously a very skilled storyteller, but I feel like Learning. Charlemagne is this brilliant storyteller. He's a, amazing organically, storyteller. yeah. He just and my brother also is like this. Shout out to Greg, who's doing very well. A lot of people have been asking, and he's doing great. But like the both of them can like take information, synthesize it, and when they regurgitate it. Mm-hmm. It just it's like structurally broken down. They find the conflict and stuff like that. And sometimes that's rough for me. What is the structure of of a story? Just in its most simplest. Beginning, form. middle, and end, right? But but isn't there like something conflict, uh uh resolute, you know, something? Um, I mean, there is the introduction of think about it this. Use a rom com, because it's the most simple formulaic. Um, boy meets girl. Uh, boy loses girl. Boy's got to get girl back. So boy meets girl. Boy loses. Boy has to get back. Or it's twenty eighteen. Girl meets girl. Girl loses girl. <laughs> Girl's got to get girl back. But what about the ending? The ending has to have some type of climax. Or that? No, that you is got the, her back. You got her back. Oh, okay. Now, so it is the introduction of the problem, the escalation of the problem, the resolution of the problem. Now, isn't there like a hope is lost moment or something? Oh, like, hope is lost. That's the second you act. lost the girl. That's so, the second oh, act. Oh, that's lose the girl. hmm Okay. And then we follow you on this journey to- To get her back. To get her back. Yeah. Now, do you think that you're naturally a good storyteller because you've read so much that it just like by osmosis has become part of you? Like you- <laughs> I've never thought about it. I'm honest. I just tell the story. Well, I mean, I've listen, never I've never it. taken He's good at, I've never at just taken naturally telling class. stories, right? Yeah, he's amazing. He's Charlemagne. It's fucking impressive, man. I've never thought about it. But that's but that's the thing. Like you storytelling is not about structure. It's about connection. It's can I make you understand what 
I'm telling you what I'm, you know, like, can I draw you in? And that is not about structure. That's about people. That's about mm-hmm. energy. That's about vibe. That's about an understanding of what you're telling and also who you're telling it to. Interesting. I remember one time, boy, and I got arrested. First time I got arrested, I had to write a statement for the police. <laughs> I, told, I made up this whole lie. <laughs> oh, my God. I was hitchhiking, and I got picked up by these guys in this car, and then they shot at these dudes, and they told me if I said anything, they was going to kill me. And I had these police officers on a wild goose chase <laughs> for 24 hours looking for some shit that did not exist. <laughs> Storytelling can help you out, kids. I'm, <laughs> didn't help me out in that moment, because when they found out that I was lying, it, it was, was like, hell too bad. oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am so it was like, oh, you know what? We was going to look out for you because they thought I was snitching. Yeah. But it wasn't. I just yeah. told a fucking fake story. Yeah. And they held it on me, but I was in there for a long time. Well, not a long time. Like, I probably could have got a PR bond, but they ended up giving me a real bond. So I was in there for like a while, 90 days, some shit like that. Wait, you did 90 days in jail? Yeah. You've done longer than that, though, right? No. That, Wait. That, you know, that's funny what you say because that goes back to like, uh, remember how you said that one day? Yeah, seems like. Yeah, <laughs> remember I, I, I did like I did a year in jail. I did like ninety days. That's like, still ninety days. Like, I don't even know if it was That's ninety. I don't time. remember how how what. My father told me how much it was recently because I put it in the book the exact date. How much? You remember? It was less. Can't remember. I don't remember. But that was like that was the first time I went. But it was a it was more than a month. Dude, I was. But in, to me, I was in there forever. Yeah, bro. I yeah. was in West Virginia. I've been in West Virginia filming this movie. Right. And I'm in this small town of West Virginia. There's no Uber. I'm in a shitty hotel, right? Indie movie budget. I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but the hotel is shitty. But there's no Uber. I'm outside of town. I've eaten at the Cracker Barrel four times in two days because it's right next to the hotel. That's great eating. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You didn't go to Tudors? Go to Tudors? What's Tudors? It's a biscuit spot. The, no, no, no. no. The I can't get around. I can't oh, get around. okay, okay. I can't get around. But I'm in... But it, and I literally, when I'm not working, I'm just in the hotel doing nothing. And I started to, and this is the, I have TV, I have my phone, I have the internet, I have Netflix, I have everything. But I understood prison. <laughs> I was not in control of my ability to go anywhere. I didn't have a car. I couldn't even go rent a car. If I walk, there's nowhere for me to walk. I'm locked. I need warmth. So I have to stay inside. It's either Cracker Barrel or the hotel. Okay, well, think about and that. I, and imagine that with no distraction. And I was going crazy. You're, you're absolutely right. And think about that, because I've had that same feeling in West Virginia, by the way. Yo, West Virginia, right? bro. But, but I'm going to tell you the difference. You could actually open that door and go walk outside. I, I'm, and I'm aware of it, and I'm aware of it. And I and honestly, there were times where I just walked outside, and then I walked back in. But I just needed to feel fresh air, freedom. I don't know what it was. But in these moments, I was thinking about a guy in jail. And I go, imagine I didn't have all these TV. Like, what do you do with the time? Yeah. What do you do with... And it's slow. Slow. Oh, it's, it's slow as fuck They can't jail. binge watch nothing. They're just sitting nothing. there with like four channels on TV. They have Facebook now. They got Facebook? I have so many cousins in jail that keep hitting me on Facebook. So oh, now you understand everybody. why you suck a dick. Yo. You're bored. Just to do oh something. No. It's like, you ever you been on... Pass the time. Real talk. Real talk. You ever been on a long ass flight and then... And randomly and, suck somebody's dick? No. <laughs> No, that never like, happened. You never flight, I've, you never, had, I've never had that issue. <laughs> no, no, I, I just had a bunch of long flights, and that and never occurred. Suck, no dick? That never occurred Shit, on this those flight. flights get short by about thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but, uh, but but on a, actually, matter of fact, there was a crazy story. Did, you didn't hear about the girl who passed out on, on her flight? She was asleep, and she woke up. This dude was trying to finger. Her. No, yo, that's the most brave dude ever. 
I'm just Why saying. Why is it great? <laughs> I, I, like, yo, in this era. You stuck in the plane, you yeah, know? Yeah, you out of your fucking mind. You can't even run away or nothing. Like, this guy was trying to figure a girl in the fucking plane. That's the most insane thing I ever heard. How hard was she snoring? Like, what kind of deep sleep did you think she was? I'm serious. <laughs> oh, she out. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? No, but all I'm saying is, you ever been on a, on a crazy-ass flight, and then turbulence hits, and it's exciting? Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. finally there's something, something. to yeah, focus yeah, yeah. on because I've been so bored on this. That's why people get up just to walk around, you know what I'm saying? Go get a snack, God. like whatever. I like um I like writing on flights. So like I love just the free time. That's you yeah, locked in. Because nobody can get a hold of you and yeah. like you just yeah, but I treat planes like jail. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you fly I treat planes like jail. I'll be so out. like that. I'm getting fucked. I'll be out. <laughs> oh, oh. Yo, I'm someone get flight. some dick on this flight. <laughs> on this flight. Hey, you, Georgia first class. What's up? <laughs> hey, move that curtain. Move that curtain, George. There could be no oh. privacy on this first class. Listen, man, let me tell y'all something. Uh, Jazz Fly, I don't even want to say she's the next anybody. But I'm gonna tell you how much I believe in what Jazz does as a writer. I believe Jazz is what what Shonda Rhimes does. I believe Jazz is that times Ooh, ten to me. I don't put too air. much pressure on her. Rare air. I won't put too much pressure on her. But I'm just saying, and I've been reading Jazz stuff for years. Like, and can she I just, just gets say, better and better. Can I just say that to that part of it? Um, yo, when I in 2013. It was right around the corner in this same studio. I was so frustrated. I knew I wanted to go back to TV, and I wrote uh, my first pilot. And which was Empire? Was it, it that was, was reckless? reckless. Which was Empire? By the way, Jazz wrote Empire way before there was Empire. When I saw it wasn't Empire, the actual Empire. I said, yeah, Jazz, but... you know this is Reckless, right? That was her show, Reckless. But, but yeah, and that's yeah, and and I know what to do with it at that point because my most of my contacts in Hollywood had moved on um, and I went to you. I didn't know who else to go to. I had that and I had the stand trailer mm -hmm. and I sat with Charmaine and I was like this is what I have and I showed him and, and he was like yo okay I see it and he was actually you were the first person to actually believe in me. You and B who, came my, who became my agent mm -hmm. and it's and not only has it been that it's been yo people think that you get on and all of a sudden you're on. It's like this shit has been a build and it's been highs and lows. Yo, Charlene has paid my rent. Stop. You ain't. Well, you have to. <laughs> no, but like, no, just Listen, also, like, I, I'll tell you something. No, but like, no, but like, I just like that's important. Thing. It, that's, it's important. That's a beautiful thing to say. Oh, I should say. But he's going to get I, a lot of calls okay, so like, let me, so, let me pay my that. motherfucking rent. No, so <laughs> figure it out. You hit me with a figure it out. <laughs> he's going to get some happy. Hashtag me too. I'm sorry, Steve. Yo, you I'm blew so, up his I'm whole sorry. spot. I'm it's all so good. It's I'm all so good. So like, but no, but that's but that's the level of like like I believe. All I gotta say is all you people who thought Charlamagne was gonna pay your rent, man, he don't believe in you. I mean, it's something to believe in you. Something to that though. It is something to that. Like I believe in jazz that much. I think she's that dope. But I appreciate that. How much that's was your rent? That's which no. That's not. I told you, uh, how much the rent was? Because <laughs> if the rent was like four grand, I would be like, babe, you got downsides. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to do all this four grand. I believe in you, boo, but I believe you need a roommate. That's what I believe. Uh -uh. This is, I mean, like, listen, 
Like I said, I say I like to say, like, <sighs> you know, I, you saying that means more than anybody else saying that. So, Word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shit, look at him yeah. doing two hour oh clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, well, listen, we come tell- back hard in the first year. Oh, man, <laughs> we come back hard the first year. Tell them where to find you, Jazz Fly. Uh, you can find me on social media. It's Jazz Fly, J A S F L Y. With an S, not a Z. Um, and then uh, Tuesday nights, this is us on NBC. Um, Get them tears out, man. We got, the, we got the Super Bowl episode coming what? up. Really? It's right after the Super Bowl. Wow. Um and then uh, when's your car show start? I th- we start filming in the spring, so it won't air until the end of the year, probably. What yeah. is your storyline on This Is Us so we can follow? It doesn't work like it's not a the, every person writes one storyline. Oh. Um, you're in the room, you're breaking it, and then the individual writer goes off and writes the the episode. Okay, All right. yeah. so it is collaborative in like how you. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But the actual episode is written by one, one writer and then they work with the showrunners, et cetera. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, um, that's Jazz Fly. Uh, thank it's, it's, you. This whole new black renaissance that's going on, uh, I feel like Jazz is a part of that, even though her stuff is way more broader than just, you know. I'm, I mean, I, I am stuff. honored to be in yeah. that. You know, it's like it's the era of the black creative. I, I, Absolutely. I want... Hopefully that to extend to the Latino creative, to the Asian creative, et cetera. But I Aziz think he's might have messed it up for the Muslim Indian creative. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> yo, yo, real talk. This is the most Indian Aziz has been. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Um, yo, so, so, I'm just saying, son. This is the first time. This is the first time I'm like, this guy might be Indian, bro. I'm going to employ what, like he's Indian right now. I'm going to employ your advice and say, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as yeah, always, full circle. As always, if you listen to this podcast, you think we're smart, you think we're intelligent, you think we're brilliant, you're absolutely right. But if you listen to this podcast and you think we're just a couple idiots who don't know shit and Jazz is the only one with sense, you're right too. It's the Brilliant I- Idiots Podcast. Thank you for listening. Boom. Oh.